Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all-text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year-end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002, one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for Wade's interview with one of Pro Wrestling's newsmakers. One of my favorite wrestlers to talk about wrestling with over my 30 plus years of interviewing big name wrestlers and promoters and announcers and bookers is Kevin Nash. And 10 years ago, he spent two hours on my show taking live calls, answering email questions, and talking about his career and talking about current events. We talked about the dynamic at WrestleMania 28 between The Rock and John Cena. Also, his WrestleMania appearances back at WrestleMania 10 and WrestleMania 11, his return 10 years ago, and his shoot comment on The Rock live on TV that led to backstage heat. Plus, an exclusive scoop on his recent feud with CM Punk, and why his match with him never took place, plus backstage stories, thoughts on John Cena and Dolph Ziggler, why Rock brings on some of the heat he gets backstage, and much more. So, let's get to it. This live-streamed on March 23rd, 2012, just over 10 years ago, and it is today's Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast Interview Classic. A reminder that uh, we have two new things to tell you about here at PW Torch. One is our YouTube channel. We have relaunched, revamped, and reinvigorated our PW Torch YouTube page. And that includes my debut, Keller's Commentary. It's about 18 minutes of me deconstructing and reconstructing an entirely different WrestleMania 38 lineup with all the pieces that are in place for the actual lineup. The only rule I gave myself is... I couldn't put anyone against anyone in the ring who was going to face each other at WrestleMania 38 this weekend. And so I present the whole lineup. It is my YouTube on-camera Keller Commentary debut. And I hope you will check it out and subscribe and like and, you know, do all that stuff. Just go to youtube.com slash PWTorch. And while you're there, check out the PW Torch Daily Newswire. Zach Hadorn and Tyler Sage present a quick five, six-minute dose of news on-camera Every day. And also our weekly fireside chat feature with Zach Adorn and Tyler Sage talking about current events in professional wrestling. The current episode talks about WrestleMania, Triple H's retirement, MJF and Tony Khan, and more. So some good new content up worth checking out at youtube.com slash PWTorch. And also, if you listen to our podcasts on an iPhone using the native Apple podcast app, you can now go VIP with just a click of a button. Just search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts, and when the PW Torch VIP podcast logo pops up, it's black uh, with you know PW Torch VIP on it, uh, subscribe to that. It's free, and you'll get one free VIP show per week. But you can also upgrade to a full VIP podcast lineup with a single click on your iPhone. Just click subscribe, verify with a button on the side, and you, oh, I guess that's two clicks, but then you're in. Maybe it's three. Maybe you have to double click. Maybe I should be saying three clicks. Well, it takes two seconds, regardless of how many you have to click one, two, or three times. Um, and it'll use your Apple account to subscribe. And you actually get a three-day trial period. So if it doesn't 
seem like it's for you, well, you got three days to indulge in all the VIP content and, uh, and cancel first. So give us a try. Again, search PW Torch on your iPhone's Apple Podcast app. Subscribe to the PW Torch VIP podcast. And uh, you can do that even if you don't plan to go VIP because you'll get a free sample uh, about once a week on that feed anyway. But we encourage you to subscribe. It's the easiest way to subscribe. But of course, you can also go to patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP if you're part of the Patreon ecosystem. Or just sign up on our main VIP sign-up page with your credit card, debit card, or PayPal. Full details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. All right, here we go with our 10 years ago interview class. Welcome to the PW Torch Livecast. I am Wayne Keller, editor and publisher of Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, pwtorch.com, and the PW Torch iPhone and Android apps. It is Friday, March 23rd, 2012, and that means it is Interview Friday, and I am pleased to introduce today's guest, Big Sexy Kevin Nash. Kevin, how are you doing? Good work. Uh, thanks for joining me today. appreciate uh, you taking time out. No problem, man. Cool. It is our uh, WrestleMania theme uh, month. We're trying to, every Friday here on the livecast, do, uh, uh, talk about WrestleMania with our guests, and that's one of the things that I want to talk to you about is your WrestleMania experiences. Um, and so in a moment, we'll get to that. I want to give out the phone numbers for those who have, Kev, who have questions for Kev. The number is 646-721-9828. That's 646-721-9828. And also you can email questions. We've got, it looks like about 15 questions already emailed in. But if you've got a question you, you want uh, me to ask Kevin Nash, please email that to pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com. That's pwtorchlivecast at gmail.com. Uh, Kevin, uh, I, am I right? Your first WrestleMania was, uh, match was against Shawn Michaels? Um, yeah, the first time I was involved was I, was, uh, I came down uh, with Shawn at the ladder match at the Garden in 10. Yep. And uh, I interfered pretty early in the match because, you know, we, we had to get me out of there as soon as possible, storyline-wise, in order mm-hmm. to, to psycho- the psychology of the match to work. So uh, Hebner caught me, you know, pounded Scott, threw me out. That was the first one. And then the first uh, first time I headlined one was with uh, me and Sean and then uh, with me and Taker. Yeah, and so I, uh, both of those years, um, I mean, you had come from WCW uh, with a, a few gimmicks, Mini Vegas, Master Blaster. Um, and, you know, WCW was a mess at that point. And you get to WWF, and within a really relatively short amount of time, here you are at Madison, Madison Square Garden, the 10th WrestleMania, and at least the, at the beginning of it, you're ringside eyewitness to one of the great matches of really all time on Super Shows. Um, what, talk a little bit about what that experience was like being at a WrestleMania compared to what you had experienced in WCW earlier in your career. You know, I had uh, had watched you know several WrestleManias before that, and um, you know it's you know the TV really does the the, the atmosphere no no justice. And I mean, it, there's there's big shows. Back then, we only had you know we 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 had uh, that that my first year there was um, in '93, and that's when they added King of the Ring for the fifth pay per view. But at that at that point, the WWE uh, as it was called then, WWF, uh, the WWE just had the four pay-per-views. 
so you know pay per views were, were 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 pretty you know they were they were playoff games but of course you know, WrestleMania was a Super Bowl and uh, it was it was you know it never won we at the game the guard which is always special yeah and uh, you know and, and for me it was just you know to be a part of it like to 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 have came out in St. Petersburg with that uh, lime green dunce cap on. And then, you know, within about a year and a half later, I'm, I'm, I'm ringside with Shawn Michaels and, and uh, Razor Ramon. And like you said, probably one of the greatest matches uh, ever in WrestleMania history or any big show history. And uh, even though I was only a part of for you know, for a short time, you know, I still was involved in, you know, listening to them put it together, then going back and sitting at the monitor and watching it, you know, transpire. So it was, it was great. Yeah. One, one related note, just in terms of current events, because John Cena just did an interview with Sports Illustrated this week and talked about how they sold out the garden on Sunday. Uh, Triple H was involved in a tag match in the main event. And, and uh, yeah, Cena I saw, said, I saw what, yeah, I saw where he did take his finish. Oh, right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and Cena had said he looked around that locker room and he felt that only, maybe two or three other guys in that locker room understood the significance of headlining at the garden, or I should say being part of a show that sold out the garden and, and that that disappointed him quite, you know, that that was really disappointing to him. And I thought that was good. Cause I know in, in the nineties, the garden was the measuring stick for, for how you guys were doing as a company. Um, and I know yeah, they don't remember, go there as often now, but uh, we used to go once a month. Yeah. And yeah. I remember, I remember when the, the first garden show that I went into, um, and I was just Sean's bodyguard. I think the house was 109 or 112 thousand dollars. And I know that we the last garden show that I did before we went to WCW with Sean and I were in a cage in the main event, the last match that it was sold out. And it was at that point it was over 300 thousand dollars at the gate. It was the largest gate they ever had that wasn't a pay per view. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it was like you know, and and you know, we that that crew of guys, you know, I always feel a, a special bond to because I really felt that we, you know, Hulk left, Randy left, and you know, we you know we kind of you know dug that thing out and, and got it up and running, and uh, it was it was great. But yeah, the garden was it was always such a significance. You know, it, it, and that's like the, the whole business is like that now. Like it, it is, it is sad that people don't realize, you know, the the history and and what it was what it was like because it's not like that anymore. You know, it, there, it's and it's not the guy's fault. Yeah. You know, I mean, what what, what would you do? I mean, in, in terms of. To me, it seems like it reflects poorly on management that wrestlers have the attitude that John Cena said they have. And really, Rock um, uh, tweeted about that uh, about a month ago, saying you know, that there's so many guys who don't understand the business end of this business. And I think there he was kind of referring to you know, rumblings that he, people were complaining about his presence um, for WrestleMania 28 this year and, and at Survivor Series last, last fall. Um, but nevertheless, I think it reflects somewhat on management that wrestlers feel that their pay – and their push is so disconnected from signs of success, such as attendance, that they just kind of go through the motions and do what they're told. It, it, I mean, do you think that there is that, that disconnect between uh, have make, being able to make a difference 
and, and, and the gates that, and, and the attendance, and wrestlers not really taking pride in it because they don't feel they're really valued or contributing in a way that directly changes things? You know, I, I look at it from, and, and, I, and because one of my, you know, one of my closest and dearest friends, uh, you know, Paul, is, is, you know, is directly involved with management. Yeah. And I don't, I don't blame management in any form or fashion. It seems to me that when I was, you know, when I was in that locker room, there's a lot of guys are sitting around there and they're waiting to be anointed. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's, it's not a shark tank like it used to be. Yeah. It used to be like, you know, oh, oh, you, oh, you, you, your, your ankle's bad. You're not going to work tonight. Are you kidding me? Like you, you there, there wasn't even a, a, if you were hurt, you went. And that yeah. may be one of the reasons why so many guys got, you know, involved with gimmicks and stuff. But I mean, nobody gave up their spot. Nobody, I mean, if you were opening match, man, you held that spot like it was, you know, life or death. Yeah. And it was just a, it was a different era. You know, it's, it's, you, you can't, you can't recreate something when you're on the road for 24 days and you're in a car for five days with, 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 or, you know, with four or five guys for 25 days and, it's like you're spending more time with these guys than anybody else in, in, in your world. This is your world. You come home, you spend three days with your wife, and she's she's basically, uh, you know, it's just like she's. You, you, the first day you come home, there's this awkwardness. The second day you realize, oh, I know why I, remar- why I married her. I love her. She's fun. Then the third day, you're packing and getting ready to go. Yeah. And then, in the meantime, you're on your phone with your buddies laughing about, you know, stuff you did on the road. Yeah. <laughs> She's looking at you like, really? You're on the phone with Sean now. <laughs> so it was, it, it was just, it, it was just a different time. It was yeah. a different group of guys. You know, there weren't training centers, and there, you didn't get paid to train. You know. Yep. The old school was you paid fifteen hundred dollars. You went to somebody's Quonset hut. They made you do Hindu squats till you puked, and you never came back. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, there was no. It was, it was you know to get into the, the the brotherhood was you know you had to give a kidney, and yeah. now they've got you know they got guys that. I mean, if somebody told me that this guy's been in developmental for five years. I don't yeah. know a guy that's made in this business that didn't make it in three. Yeah. If, if you if you ain't semi over in three, with any kind of a push, you're you're not going to make it. Yeah. Well. Um, let me go back to, to the WrestleMania 11 match with Shawn Michaels and talk about the, the pressure you felt going into that match, the circumstances of it. Um, you know, how, when you look back at that day, what, what memories stand out? I mean, I know it, was, it wasn't a stadium show. It was in Hartford. It was before WWE necessarily went to a right. lot of big, big events, but it still had to have a different vibe to it. Well, number one, um, it was like, it was Sean, you know, so I mean, yeah. I, I knew that he was going to try to steal the show at anyone's expense. So, um, and we had a good, we had a crowd, I thought we had a good match. Oh, know? yeah, definitely. Uh, but to me, you know, they, 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 they did some, such, it was like one of those deals where they did such a build up with the Bam Bam and the uh, LT thing. Yeah. That it kind of, you know, I just think 
it, it was special, but at the same time, and on top of that, there's so much going on during WrestleMania those three or four days before, and now the access is even crazier. Yeah, that it's almost and and I, I've said this in another interview that it's it's almost like WrestleMania, like when you go back in the back and you unlace your boot, it's almost like, wow, that's over. Yeah, it's almost like it's like it's like when you get a movie part and you're so excited then like. Four months later, when they, they say, "And you're a wrap," and you're like, "God, I'm glad that's over." Even though you enjoyed it, it was special. It's just still there's so much raw emotion and, and so much, uh, you know, uh, because what we do is 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 really you know probably seventy percent mental. And you know, once you get out there, and at that point too, you know, you Sean and I had touched. Uh, we, we we went like 40 minutes in Berlin, like maybe two or three weeks before that. Oh wow! And had and had a really good match. So we had, you know, you you touched so many times with, with, with the guy before you went out there and had that match. I remember going out to uh, to SummerSlam with Scott Hall, and we were, were were doing so much personal appearance work and everything else, and like we just basically did our B match when we had uh, Walter Payton with us, because we were both exhausted, and we are just like, you, know, you want to take that? Oh, no, let's take that. now. let's take... Because it was one of those deals where, you know, just the exhaustion of being on the road for so long, and so then it was just like, you know, you just, well, it's just, we'll just, it's got to get through this thing, man. Yeah. So, very good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member 
with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, Everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire? Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're uh, just joining us, Kevin Nash is today's guest on Interview Friday on the PW Torch Livecast. Our phone number here is 646-721-9828. Just a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at PW Torch and also at The Wade Keller. And if you haven't yet, if you have an iPhone and you haven't yet, please download the PW Torch Livecast app. It is free, and it means that on your phone, you're one click away from being able to listen to any of our livecasts, which are on Monday through Friday. Uh, around 30 minutes after the show ends, uh, the uh, recording pops up on the, on the app. Just do a search for PW Torch on your iPhone or iPad, and uh, you can download that to your phone and make listening to the live cast even easier. Uh, Kevin, looks like we have about 15 people on hold, so uh, should we dive into phone calls? Sure. All right, cool. Let's uh, begin with area code 423. Thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're from. Hey, guys. It's Ian from Tennessee. Hey, Ian. Good to hear from you. What have you got for Kev today? Well, I have a, a bit of a uh, comment that I want to wrap around into a question. Um, Kevin, back around uh, 94 and 95, I was a really big fan of you and Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. And, and really, you guys, to me, were at that age what I think John Cena is to, you know, a lot of kids that age now. And in a lot of ways, WWE was more more PG than it than it is now, and you guys didn't go out there and cut down your opponents and become overly cartoonish. Uh, heel or face, either way, I was always um, loyal. So my question is, um, whenever I hear John Cena use that type 
of uh, excuse when he tries to defend his character by saying that it's like that being PG. Do you think that's a valid argument? I think I think one thing with John's characters, and I've said it, I've said it before in other interviews, is John has, you know, it, it, it's really hard to go out there and be the, that white meat baby face that he has, to, you know, that he portrays, and that, you know, and he is in, in real life. You know, this is a guy that that basically people don't realize is probably the last guy that is on the road 300 plus days a year because he does so much. Make a wish, and he's the he's the face of the company. And when you when you're John Cena, and you pull that you know, and you're you're pulling that wagon day in and day out, and and you're staying true, and you're going to buildings, and buildings are chanting Cena sucks. The easiest thing to do is just throw up a middle finger. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the easiest thing to do, and he hasn't done that. He hasn't turned. You know, so I mean, it's just like he's of all the people. I mean, and, and the thing is. You know, so I, I, I remember we were up in, uh, gosh, it was a, it was a Canadian tent. I think it was Edmonton we ran, and that building chanted "Cena sucks" so loud, and I was in a, a SUV leaving, and we got caught in traffic going back to the hotel. And I was just sitting in the back seat, and I looked, and I saw every kid that left that building had a Cena shirt on, a Cena hat on, and Cena wristbands, which is about eighty dollars worth of merch. <laughs> I said to myself, I said, yeah, John Cena's laughing all the way to the bank. Oh, no, especially with the people who buy the Cena Sucks t-shirts. You know, exactly. I mean, obviously he's getting a cut of that. So Absolutely. You're, I love the irony of that. Yeah, um, I, just, I, I think it's brilliant. How, I, I, I've been asked this recently, and I'm curious what you think. How do you think John Cena, knowing what you know and seeing what you've seen of his career the last eight years, uh, what – how do you think he would have fit in in the late 90s, um, whether it was in the WWF or Shawn Michaels and, you know, re- kind of the, the beginning of the Attitude Era um, or the precursor to it, and, and also in WCW. If he wasn't uh, uh, having to follow the PG rules, uh, do you think that his character would have ended up being different in the late 90s? Yeah, I think, I think he would have because, I mean, he's got you – know, he's definitely got a uh, – He's got a wicked side to him. I mean, I've hung out with him, and you know, the thing is, though, he's like an old school guy. Like, he, you know, John will, John will shut the bar down with you and be the first guy in the next day with six plates on each side squat. Yeah. You know, he's 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 still like when I when I met him and got to hang around. I, I really didn't. Our, our paths had never crossed into this last uh, short run that I had up there, and it was like. I just kind of sat back and took a took a deep breath, and I I said, you know, like wow, there's like there's still because you know Taker and, and uh, Triple H are saying that you know, once we're gone, it's it's over, and I'm like, nah, there's still one of you, there's still one more left, Cena. You know, he's yeah. he's still he's still one of the he's one of the boys. Um, when you look at when you look at him now, and, and you knowing what you know about the the burden, I don't know if it's a burden, but the weight on the shoulders of a champion, especially a babyface champion. Uh, what are what are the pros and cons that John Cena is considering when people pressure him or the idea comes up to turn heel? Because you talk about that, the crowd is chanting Cena sucks. Clearly, if Cena turned heel and they had the right babyface opponents, it could spark business. Um, but you lose the carloads of families buying, you know, $200 worth of merchandise, and his, his salary could 
or I don't know if salary is the word, but the money he takes in each year could be cut in half um, if he lost exactly. his face merch. So it's a big risk, isn't it? It's a huge risk, and yeah. and you know, and, and what are the what people that are smart to what they're doing in John's? One of them, this is a business. And, you know, John's got a lot of miles on his body. John's beat up like everybody else is. You know, exterior-wise, he doesn't look it because, you know, he's kept himself in great shape. He doesn't miss workouts. He keeps his diet tight. And on top of that, he's just a genetic freak. I was sitting next to him on a private plane coming back to Florida. The guy's knee joints five times the size of mine. Hmm. I mean, the guy's like, he's built like a tank. He's, he's a big, giant, raw-boned... He's a freak, yeah. you know? He's a freak. He's a big, thick-boned, you know, he's a freak. The guy is a freak, and he's and he's super strong, and he's durable. And he, you know, I tell you one thing, he he always looks the same, you know? Yeah. He just, he never gets bigger, never gets smaller. Yeah. He's just, he's that freak. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I mean he, he would make a good heel. I think it's there's no doubt he'd make a good heel. The, but, but and, the price and, you, and I don't think you'll ever you'll yeah, and you'll never get a better chance to do it than than with than against Rocket uh, in Miami. I mean the, the, the stage couldn't be more set for him to do something absolutely you know diabolical. But then then it you know do you, do you take that away and maybe. One guy wins one, one guy wins SummerSlam, you go into next WrestleMania with the rubber match. Like, is there more money to get three matches out of Rock and Cena than one in turn and John? And then I would have to say business-wise, well, of course, there's always more to get in three. Yeah. And you're still, you know, you, you, you're definitely, it ain't like Dwayne ain't selling those, you know, it's, he might change one thing on his T-shirt every appearance, but it's, it's you know... <laughs> Three hundred twenty twenty four three fifty six on this week's T shirt. You know, yeah. yeah. It ain't like it ain't like Dwayne ain't getting you know a new T shirt every Monday. So it's you know that's the business that 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 that, that the guys are in, and, and the smart guys know how to manipulate it, especially when you've got the stroke to be able to do so. I tip my hat to them. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. 
That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's, uh, let's go to our second call here. Area code 601. Thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're from. Sergeant Kevin Robinson, Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, Kevin. What have you got for Kevin? Well, since we, I'm a fellow Kevin, it's an honor to meet a future Hall of Fame a legend. I wish I could have seen you live, and I sure wish I could hang out with you at that little party spot you got for WrestleMania. But over your career, you've been doing good things, and I'm going to ask you the same question. What you think uh, the outcome for some of the WrestleMania matches going to be? Well, I, you know, I, I wouldn't even want to. I, I don't. I don't know what it is. I'm not that. You know, and I don't want to know. But I mean, I I have no idea which way they're going to go on that. I yeah. mean, you know, you're in Miami, which is Rock's hometown. But then again, Rock, even though he's been, you know, functionally a part of the show for the better part of a couple of of months here or there, he's still not, he ain't on that bus going from town to town. So it's, you know, to me, it's like, you know, and it, for management's case, you have to say, well, you know, do, do you, do you beat the guy that, that, that's carrying the, carrying the company or, you know, I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, it's, a, I put it this way here. This is one of the few WrestleManias that, and I'll, I'm going to go to WrestleMania, but it's so hard for me to watch because I, you have to end up watching it because we're up in a box. We have to end up watching it on the big screen. I'm going to see if I can find a monitor somewhere and sit and watch it because, like, when I watched Taker and, and uh, Triple H's match last year, I, I found myself looking at the ring, which was, was because we're so high up, was small, and then looking at the and, they, and kind of losing the feel for with the story they were telling. That when I went home and watched it on on my own system, it was like I got so much more out of the, out of the story that, that that they told. So that's the whole thing for me. Is just like I, I'm I'm looking so forward to it. I just hope I get to watch it in the right environment where I can really watch it and appreciate what they're doing. When uh, when you were when you wrestled Shawn Michaels at 11, did when how far in advance was the finish discussed? Um, I mean, I knew I was, I, there wasn't a chance of me getting beat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, because they were going to, they were going to push me for a while. Um, so I knew, I, was, I, I knew that and it was important because I don't think any, ba- any baby face had made it out of mania in a long time mm-hmm. with a strap. I think that was one of the things that they were doing, but I also knew that it was going to Sean. You know that eventually the, the, the bout was going to go to Sean, and I think that he, you know, definitely you know stated a case that night, you know, for him to be the man. You know, he was he was fantastic. You know, and you know, 
I had a great match because I had, you know, I was dancing with a star. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I knew that I was going to get out alive. But then again, if you go to the WrestleMania where Scott Hall wrestled Stone Cold, the finish of that match was supposed to be we were going to beat Stone Cold, and then Rock was going to go over on Hogan, and then we were going to come down and put the boots to Rock, and the NWO was going to stand over Rock at the end of the night, and we were going to go forward. And within 24 hours, Austin was stunning me and Scott. And Hogan was putting on the red and white. Mm. I mean, the red, the red and yellow. Yeah. So, I mean, and that changed in 24 hours. Yeah. You know, which, you know, it was just like, whoa. So it's not like it, 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 it can't be done. It hasn't been done because I've been a witness of that. I mean, you just kind of walk in and go, wow, well, that's kind of different than where we were going. You're pretty much killing us off. And, and what is what is your hunch on how how uh, picky Rock is going to be about how what what the finish is of the match a week from Sunday? Uh, is he is is he going to be worried about doing the job in Miami? Um, do you think that's something that was worked out ahead of time and that he would have been very particular about? I, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, I, I like I said, I, I, I talked to a guy from the Sun. You know, and he was saying how there was. Inklings in the back, or, or you know, the uprising in the back, where guys were saying things. And I said, you know, I said, if I was if I was on the WrestleMania card and I knew that Dwayne was going to be on it, I know number one, I'm going to get a bigger payday. Yeah, it's just going to sell more pay. It's going to, you know, the guy opens number one at the box office consistently. I mean, you get, not only do you have a crossover star that you're bringing into WrestleMania. But he also just happens to be one of the boys <laughs> that yeah. can go. Yeah. You know, this is like the first time that your your special guest is you know a guy that can go. That's you know is is, is a Hall of Famer. So I don't I don't see a downside to it. Like I told the guy from from the Sun, I said, you know, WWE needs Dwayne a lot more than than Dwayne needs WWE. Well, and, and you were around for the Survivor Series last year. Did you sense? that there was resentment even then for Rock being on a Survivor Series card, or was there an appreciation that Rock was actually wrestling on something other than a WrestleMania? I think that Rock, because uh, uh, Dwayne came in and Dwayne, you know, like people don't understand, like, when you walk away from the business, and for him it was seven years, um, when you walked away, and for me, I had been gone from the WWE since 03, I think. So when you come back, it's like you don't know anyone. Yeah. It's not that you're being aloof. It's not that you just don't know. You don't know anyone. And it's not out of disrespect that you don't go around and shake everybody's hands. It's just there's a, and there's a, that nervous energy of, of, you know, for me even the the, the uh, ladder match that I had with with Triple H, that was the first match I had in almost two years. You know, I mean, I had a couple of six-man tags, you know, on the road with, with with the guys and stuff like that, and some tag matches in Japan. But I hadn't had a singles match in over two years. Yeah. So it, you know, it's the it's not like 
it's not like you know, you know, I got my lines. I'm going to go out here and 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 hit my spot. And it, it, it acting is a lot different than <laughs> than, than wrestling. Did, was and, when when you come back, do you go around and try to get to know the guys? I mean, or or do you kind of feel like they should come up to you because you're the veteran? No, I I think it's a mutual thing. I think it's 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 a um a situation where. You know, and it's one of those things, again, you know, where I'm a young guy, I'm in the locker room, and all of a sudden here comes this 52-year-old guy walking back in, and he's kind of in the middle of the mix, and you're going, oh, my God. Who's this 52-year-old you speak of, Kevin? Me. (laughs) What? No. All right, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, so, and you understand that there's going to be animosity. Yeah. You know, that the guy's like, why? And then on top of that, it's just like, oh, Triple H is bringing his boy back, right? You know, and it's just—it's one of those things. And you say that you say to yourself, "Oh, geez." Yeah. So you don't want to come out and and you know come in, come in there glad-handing, you know, like you're trying to. Oh no, I'm still one of the boys. Or you're you politicking. Or, or and, and and you know and and that was the one thing. It's just like people don't realize that I've changed and you can say it a million times but it's just like no it's still there somewhere you know he's still got some angle that he wants to do he'll he'll pull something on me yeah and it's just like jeez oh, guys really so one way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. When you let me let me uh, seize on that. When you say you've changed, we've got a you know relatively large audience here on the live cast. What do you mean? Because a lot of people look back at they've read they've read the books or the newsletters or the website accounts and they think, wow, Kevin Nash is one of the you know fabulous five who killed WCW or the number one guy who did or whatever. What do you mean you've changed and what is what have you where have you uh, what are you atoning for? I guess. I mean. I don't think that I've done anything. Like, I came back with, and, and what I did with CM Punk was I never wavered from, uh, they wanted me to be a heel. I didn't go out and even raise a fist. Uh-huh. I did absolutely nothing to conjure or make it harder for, for Phil to be perceived as the baby face and me to be perceived as a nemesis. I did what I was told to do. I did my job. I did try to get cutesy right. throughout the Waffle House thing because it got to the point where the writers were just absolutely burying me. Uh huh. They were they were giving me nothing. He had four paragraphs. And my thing was, uh, yeah. And, and you you winged that on air. He didn't know that was coming. Yeah, the the, the Waffle House thing was just I just threw a, I just threw a bomb at him because yeah, you know. He did. There wasn't click, click, click on his uh, page. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, so it's just like, you know, hey, you know, it's, it's not like I'm unarmed over here. Right. It's like I'm just trying to play. I'm just trying to play by the rules. Everybody told me play nice, so I'm playing nice. Yeah, you know. I mean, it ain't like I couldn't walk up to somebody and bitch smack them in the side of the head mm-hmm. on live TV and then see where we go from there. Besides being fired. <laughs> yeah. Well, but but you you say that you've changed, and I assume you mean from when you were in WCW in the NWO in the late '90s. Absolutely, because yeah. you know, I, I, I'm done. I'm done lifting my leg and marking my territory. Yeah. I do this because I still enjoy it. I absolutely like going out in London in the O, and it was like close to sold out, if not sold out. I'd never worked that building. And just to walk out there and absorb that like I did the Rumble, like I did. Because as you go through your career, you think it's never going to end. But when you see the, the end of the tunnel and you realize, like, you know, I'm going to take this in. Like, we went to Japan. I just sat and looked out the, the window, you know, on the, on the ride from Tokyo out to Yokohama. It was just like I just sat there and looked at that megapolis, that just the never-ending, you know, Megapolis, and just took it in because I, the next time I, that I probably go look at that, it's going to be on my dime. Yeah. You know, so I mean, things change and people change. And they change. You know, I'm sorry, you know, but when you get older, you do change. And yeah. you're not, you know, things, your perspective, you know, like I said, you know, the other day on that uh, interview with a guy from this, I said, you know, I, people keep saying, you know, we watch back, but People don't understand when you work for the WWE, even if you're just doing Raws, you fly out Sunday, you work Monday, and you fly home Tuesday. And I'm not an early morning person, so I'm on a 1 o'clock flight on Tuesday. I'm flying in and out of Orlando, which is a 90-minute drive. So that's that's three days. Put a pay-per-view in that. Just to do TVs and be in a pay-per-view is a 13-day month. Yep. Yeah, and that's a lot. That's a lot on a 52-year-old body that's that's had two broken necks and 30 operations. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just like I, I, I do love it. And it, I, I came back and I I did the European, I did half the European loop, which was like seven days. Um, I didn't complain. I worked hard every night. I did, you know, the Japan trip. I didn't complain. I worked hard every night. I did whatever I was asked to do. And I think that some of the guys, you know, I, I, I think even the ladder match, you know, did I want to take that bump off that ladder with knowing that, you know, I've got some balls discs in my neck and if I do land wrong, I could get hurt? No, but did did I have to do it for the business? I think I did because somebody had to fall off that ladder. Yeah. And it had to be me. Yeah. You know, I mean, if to me, if you want to paint Kevin Nash in the corner and you want to book him into something that he's destined to fail, I think ladder match would be at the top of the list. Yeah. And oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I just it wasn't my idea. When when you are uh, talking about the schedule, did did you anticipate that you might be part of WrestleMania 28 this year in Miami? I couldn't see. You know what? I couldn't see how because I couldn't see knowing that knowing that that um, that Glenn was coming back. It's like 
I couldn't see where I deserved a spot over guys that like Glenn has. Glenn's never left. Yeah. You know, Glenn, you know, Kane. Yeah. You know, Kane, yeah, I'm sorry. That's Kane's right. never left. Yeah. So, if, of course, he, he deserves a spot over me. Big Show deserves a spot over me. Mark Henry deserves a spot over me. Barrett, all those guys that have been there for three, four years in their, in their developmental and on their program, they all deserve a spot before I do because they've been there and they put the time in. And this is what, I mean, make a, a good WrestleMania payday can make or break your year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it can it can it can knock a hell of a chunk of your downside down and start making you extra money. So did I? I mean, did I want to? Absolutely. Am I still trying to lobby my way in? Of course I am. I would love to be Shawn Michaels in uh, bodyguard once again because this thing may turn sour and he may need protection. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would love to be involved. Yeah. I don't even need a payday. I just want to be out there. I just want to be out there watching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just want to be. I just want to walk down the ramp one more time and feel that feeling. Yeah. You know, you don't even have to pay me. You know, I'll work scale. Was it sixteen hundred a day? I work. <laughs> I work scale. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's just, and and that's the whole thing. People don't get that. Yeah. People and and I can sit here and say it all day long, but people don't get it. Yeah. All right, very good. Let's uh, let's go back to the phone lines uh, and go to uh, area code two one nine next on deck three one five seven zero six and eight one two two one nine. Thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're from. Yeah. Hi. This is Mike from the Chicago area. Hey, Mike. Thanks for calling. What have you got for Kevin? Hi, Kevin. I'm a big fan of yours. Um, a few months back, you you were having some issues with uh, the Ultimate Warrior, where you exchanged some insults on Twitter. He did a video, and then you ended up calling him Doctor Evil. <laughs> Did you guys butt heads at all in the past, or did this just come up recently? Um, how did you get along I, I, when you were working together? I never had a problem with him. I mean, I never, I never really talked to him. You know, I mean, it was just one of those deals where he just threw something out. See, the funniest thing is, is like people, I guess, like people's like perception in their mind of what Twitter is and what mine is. Like mine is app. Mine's like a. a it's like a PlayStation game. Like, if I, feel, if I feel like playing, like, what do I want to play tonight? Do I want to play Call of Duty? No, I'll play Twitter. And I just, like, threw a little thing out at him. And I know from watching his response, he spent the better part of a day and a half <laughs> with the edits and everything else. And I sat home and just laughed. I know he's not going to fight me. I just know that in my mind, I sat there and I said, watched it back, and I just said, I sat there and horse laughed. I said, I just took a day and a half out of somebody's life and completely mind screwed them over just this stupid Twitter thing. And I, it, I just thought it was hilarious. Everybody else thought it was like, oh my God, you guys hate it. I don't hate him. I don't get. I don't get it. I just thought it was funny to be able just to pull somebody's. I, it's still nice to know that you can pull people's strings. Yeah. Well, and you, it was, for people who don't know, Kevin, what did you say initially on Twitter that, that set everything off? He was the one. He said that, um, I guess somebody asked him, on, uh, and he, he just said that, uh, I'm not going to hang around like uh, Kevin Nash and uh, hold the young guys down and you know, suck blood out of the business, blah, 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 you know. And I was just like, 
basically, uh, he used some kind of profanity. He called me, you know, called me yeah. something. A shiz ahead in German, but uh, and it was just like, all right, well, I'll, I'll fire back. And then I sat, sat and I thought about. It, I said, you know, I said, what can I do? That I mean, firing back's one thing, but like, like, let me paint him in a corner. So I just said, I'll fight Survivor again. And he came back and said, I wouldn't do it for a million. Okay. I'm 52 years old. There's not a human being on this planet I wouldn't fight for a million dollars. <laughs> all, all I've got to do is tap out or get knocked out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a million bucks? <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna fight a 52 year guy for a million bucks? No, you had to. He wants ten. What does he think these guys get paid to fight UFC? Yeah. I mean. All of a sudden, you realize it's just like, man, this this, this isn't even fair because a he's not even on this planet. I, I think you Frank know? Mir is somebody I wouldn't fight for a million dollars because I think he would snap my arm like he did O'Garen. I, I I mean I love money, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to go. Through yeah, that. But come on, that's gonna heal. Yeah. Oh man, though, I think I don't think I would heal psychologically from looking at my arm broken, dangling like that. I, I probably would. Uh, I've looked down a couple of times and seen body parts hanging different ways. And you're fine. <laughs> Yeah, they, you know, <laughs> all right. Fair I, I sure as hell didn't get a million dollars for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very cool. Well, enough on, enough on Warrior because I want to keep rolling through calls here, and he's he's cool. He's a strange bird. All right. Yeah. I love uh, the death though. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't have a problem with him. You know what? I saw him as a dingo warrior when I was a mark, and he was jacked to the gills. And, Shaking the ropes, and he was one of the most impressive human beings I've ever seen in my life. And uh, he, I trained in his gym when we both lived in Phoenix. And I have no animosity towards the dude. I just feel sorry for him. I'd like to say Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net is on record. He says a million bucks for a broken arm, done. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Thank you for subscribing to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Don't forget, we got a whole lineup of other shows called the PW Torch Daily Casts. It's free. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app. A different show on a different topic throughout the week, including shows dedicated to AEW, NXT, MMA, Ring of Honor, and more. Just search PW Torch in your podcast app or check out links to the latest shows at our main website, pwtorch.com. All right, uh, let's go to 315 next. 315, thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're from. This is uh, Ryan from New York. Hey, Ryan. Uh, what have you got for Kevin Nash? Yeah, I just had a couple things I wanted to hear your comments on. I was wondering if you could share any uh, memories or thoughts on the late Randy Savage and uh, what your thoughts were on CM Punk in this past year and the possibilities of Alex Shelley or Samoa Joe going to WWE. Good questions. Uh, thanks for the topics, Ryan. Uh, Kevin, first of all, Randy Savage memories or stories? I mean, God. One of a kind. One of the best humans I've ever met. Uh, feel uh, honored to uh, be able to call him a friend. I mean, I, I just, I mean, we spent so much time together, you know, yeah. during, the, during the run uh, with WCW. You know, and he was our, you know, when everybody else left, and Randy was doing color with uh, with Vince when Raw kicked off and everything else. He was he was the captain. You know, he was the mentor. He was the guy that was left from the era. He was the 
you know, he was the tree of wisdom that we all went and, and, and talked to and asked questions to. And, you know, one thing he told me was, he said, these two things Randy told me, never take yourself out of the game and always reach the brass ring. <laughs> so. um, how about uh, CM Punk? You talked about kind of improvising a little bit on that promo. Was Punk upset at all or anyone upset with uh... – Waffle House line? No, I don't think so. Okay, no one expressed like, "Oh, you shouldn't be doing that." No, I just I think that if any if anything else, I think Phil and I think Phil probably enjoyed it. And I mean, there were so, there were so many times that that you know, and Phil and I, you know, we we didn't know each other from Adam, and yeah. we're getting we're getting like it's we're first segment and it's eight forty three, and we don't have our verbiage yet. Hmm. Because it's changing things and doing things, and it's just like, you know, there were times they came out and said, well, what happened to his interview skills? Number one, I used to be able to go out there and just say whatever I wanted to say. Right. I never had to read off a piece of paper before, <laughs> let alone get that piece of paper that had six paragraphs eight minutes before they started shooting fireworks, and my big ass walked on a ramp. You know, it's just like, this is yeah. a little bit, you know. I don't think you've. I don't think that's ever been your your skill set. Period is to go out there and speak through speak through someone else's voice or you know speak someone else's words. Never, and especially if it's live and I can bury you. Yeah, <laughs> right. Jeez. Yeah. But the thing is, too, that bury a guy and then and then turn it around. Where you open yourself back up to let him get back on top, just like you would a match. Yeah. You know, like still accomplish what you're supposed to do, but you know, at least have that spontaneity. But you know, I, I actually had one of the young writers from the WWE look at me. He goes, "I um, was sitting and watching some of your old Diesel promos. Like this guy didn't even know who I was." Wow. I'm like, and you're, you're okay. You're writing my promos, and you're wow. having to watch Diesel promos to get an idea of who and what and where. And but then you know the, the 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 what thing that God bless all that Steve Austin brought to the business. He brought wow. what that made, that made and that made <laughs> in the long run subtract. <laughs> I agree. And they're, and they're telling me. That, you know how I talk. I talk the same way Scott Hall talks. We're very monotone, and our delivery is very, <laughs> you can watch all the time through it. And they're telling me, speak faster. Do this. Do this, do this, do this, do this. I'm like, I mean, because we're PG, and I can't say, okay, we're going to do a thing called operating and conditioning. Uh, I'm going to say something. You're going to say what? What? Okay, I'm going to say something to say what? I'll say what? It's okay. Uh, if you say what, you're picturing me naked. What? I mean, I would have had fun with it. Yeah. But I can't do that because for PG-13, I can't go off script, so I just have to go out there and ramble through my lines. I, I, I thought Brother Ray, uh, Bubba, on Thursday's, last Thursday's Impact, um, or wait, it was a pay-per-view on Sunday, live, and he comes out, and the crowd starts chanting, we want Devon. And I'm just sitting here shaking my head. You know, it's like he hasn't been involved in a program with Devon in, you know, months and months and months. He's trying to establish that he's not a tag team wrestler, just as B 
being a singles guy. He's doing some of the best promos in this industry in years. I, I mean, I just, I've become such a fan of his work, his psychology and everything. So I'm, I'm interested. Cause to me, it's almost equivalent of a what chant, when people bombard him with a nostalgia chant. It's just kind right. of annoying. That's not what he's there to do. You're here. You're at the show. He's feuding with James Storm. Get with it or shut up. You know, that's kind of what I'm thinking watching it. So what does he do? He stood there, and he didn't sell it, but he didn't say a word. He just sat there and waited for it to die down. He was like, get it out of your system. I'm not going to sell it. I'm not going to be upset, but I'm not going to play into it. And it was like magical. It was like he did nothing, but about, I'd say, 12 to 17 seconds later, it faded away, and then he just picked up right where he left off. And it worked. Yeah, I, the, only, the thing is, they would, they would, I mean, they would have, have, have had a stroke if you were to stand out and give 17 seconds of, well, I of, agree. Si- of, of silence on Raw. <laughs> it's, it's beneficial when you're doing it in front of, you know, three to 6,000 people on pay-per-view as opposed to, you know, live on Raw with that kind of pressure. But I don't, even, but I don't know if it would work with the what chant because the what is in response to what you're saying. You know, it's yeah. like you talk, they say what you talk. See, they say I've what, always but. thought that, 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 that if you just continually repeated what you said the first first time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I've had enough of CM Punk. What I said, I've had enough of CM Punk. What I said, <laughs> geez, I said I've had enough of. CM. I don't Can you know imagine Vince backstage if you just did that for like you know? Oh. <laughs> it would. I guess there would be the. I I honestly think that. that that the hook would just come out and hit the TV. <laughs> <laughs> it would go to commercial break. But, but, then, but, would, but, if you came, but then if they came back from commercial and you were still doing it, it would be classic. <laughs> all right, all right, oh, don't, all right. Don't think, it didn't, don't think it didn't cross my mind, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with that. But it is, it is, it's sort of like doing the, you know, like uh, Jason Paul and I have talked about this. Uh, when, we're at, when we were Viking season ticket holders during the whole – whole uh, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Randall Cunningham, 15-1 season. All. The fans, would, they would chant, I'm sorry, they would do the wave when your team was on, when the Vikings were on offense. And it's like, you're supposed to be quiet when your team's on offense. You know? Yeah. So, and people would do the wave. And we would like, we, I mean, we didn't smack them, but we wanted to. And we would get in their face and say, don't, you know, like we'd literally chew them out. And so it's like, that's what I feel like fans should do to fans that are chanting what? It's like, shout them down. I'm not going to encourage doing anything that will get you kicked out of the building, but everybody out there, make it clear that's not cool. It's not helping the show. It's drawing undue attention to yourself. It's tripping up what you're there to see. It's just like... It's the equivalent of talking in a movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, talking in a movie, it's like, really? Go go home? Yeah. Watch on TV. Yeah. Yeah, and they were doing it to Undertaker uh, three weeks ago, four weeks ago at Target Center. I I I, I texted I texted to, to Triple H immediately. I said, I can't believe they would disrespect Mark yep. and actually what him. Yep. Yep. They created the monster. PW Torch is now on YouTube. Check out our relaunched, revamped, and reinvigorated YouTube channel after many years sitting dormant, collecting dust, and now it's back. Shinier, brighter, it smells better. It's our PW Torch YouTube channel. And you can check out daily news updates, the weekly fireside chat with Tyler Sage and Zach Hadorn, and my Keller commentaries. The first Keller commentary was my rebooking of WrestleMania 38's lineup. I used all the same wrestlers, but none of the same matches. And I tried to make a better two-night event. Decide for yourself. Go check it out. YouTube.com slash 
PW Torch, and be sure to hit subscribe and like our videos. Well, anyway, uh, we, we got off track a little bit, but it was good. But uh, Alex Shelley and Samoa Joe going, uh, going to WWE, do you think that they would uh, fit in there? I know you were a big proponent of Samoa Joe during your first TNA stint. I think they both are. I think they're, I, they're both very unique. They both are, are, are great hands. Um, I think that uh, they both got good mic skills. You know, those are guys. That, I mean, Alex Shelley to me is just, he's just one of those guys that, there's very few people that have that really dry, and he's he has such a the, he he's so poignant but so dry. Yep. And it's just I really and his he just and he's he's really talented. He can sing. He can play instruments, and he's a, he's a very he's 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 got that demo. I agree. You know, he's got that he's got that Jeff Hardy thing. He's got the thing that TNA management and creative don't get. Yeah. Yeah. All of them, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, I think a lot of people don't get it because, you know, there's not a lot of people staying up watching Carson Daly just to see really some underground band from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm still that idiot. <laughs> what, what, what about Samoa Joe works, and, and what do you think works against him? I mean, what is it that would take somebody like Joe, who doesn't look the part, according to most people's standards, um, what is it about him that made you push for him to even be hired by TNA in the first place? I know you were one of the proponents who saw his Ring of Honor work and thought, get this guy in here. He's different. What, what, what did you and do you like about him? One of the things I do like about him is that he, um, he moves very, very well for a guy his size. He, you know, his, he's very explosive. Everything he does looks solid. Ninety percent of the stuff he does doesn't hurt you. That dive through is pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> I learned how to take that. I, I learned how to lay that one after after I took it one time. <laughs> uh, but you know, and he, I just think like if he had on like a really cool pair of uh, mixed martial arts fighting shorts and wore the mixed martial arts um, gloves. And just kind of that was, you know, because he, he he's he's not a body guy, you know, but he does know all those submissions and all that. He he's a good striker, and it's just like that's one of those guys that can give you that little bit of crossover flavor that I think you need on your card. Yeah, yeah, very good. Let's uh, let's move to our next call seven zero six eight one two and six zero eight are on deck seven zero six. You uh, please state your name and where you're from. Hey guys, this is uh, Todd from Augusta, Georgia. How are y'all doing? Uh, doing good, Todd. Thanks for calling. What have you got for Kevin Nash? Well, Kev, I just wanted to start off by saying, uh, you know, I I know you had kind of gotten a little bit of a bad rap before uh, on the creative side and everything. I just wanted to let you know that uh, I appreciate all your contributions uh, as a wrestler and as creative, and that kind of rolls into a, a question, kind of topic conversation. Um, looking at just kind of how the state of WWE is right now with, um, you know, with the, the pay-per-view format and with the, you know, 12, 13, 14 pay-per-views a year, it seems like every pay-per-view there's both world titles being um, defended every single month, sometimes twice a month. You've got WrestleMania and 
it seems like the CM Punk Jericho match is, you know, I guess maybe third on the card, and Daniel Bryan kind of maybe fourth. Um, what would it take to get get those matches to be the primary matches like they were back in the '90s? You know, what what's it going to take with the rest of the pay per views throughout the year in your mind, as far as getting it back to where people care about the WWE title. I mean, are we, are, do they need to start alternating months with, you know, one world title being defended and the other guy being thrown into a tag match or doing something else? And I guess I'm just trying to figure out what's it going to take to make next year's WrestleMania, you know, the WWE title be the, be the big draw, be, be the reason that people are buying the pay-per-view, not a Rock Cena or a Triple H Undertaker as the main focal point. Thanks, Todd. Good question. Uh, Kevin, your thoughts on that, the value of the title? You know, if I, if I was um, in either one of those championship matches, uh, any four of those guys, and they're all, I mean, they're all very talented, I would not want to follow either of those matches. Yeah. I wouldn't want to follow Cena Rock, and I definitely wouldn't want to follow a, a Hell in a Cell. So that that being said... It is it, it is what it is. It's WrestleMania, and it's just like to me, it's it's worth the price for Cena, or it's worth the price for Jericho and and, and Phil. And I'm getting this and, this and this and this and this and this. And I saw the girl from like Access Hollywood now joining Kelly Kelly or something. I saw that like thrown in, you know. And it's like I'm thinking to myself like, you know, this is. They just keep layering, 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 and it's just like it's it's one of those deals. Like, even if I was sitting at home, I would buy this. If I if you if you're going to buy one pay per view, you're going to buy WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. As far as making the belts mean something, I think that one of the things that that was happening was that you know, there's guys in this business that have been in the business for three years and have been a nine time world champion. Yeah. And one of the things that's that's starting to work for me personally with CM Punk is that CM Punk comes out and he continues to hold that strap. And through hook or crook, no matter how bad he gets beat up, he seems to pull it out. And that, to me, makes that belt mean something. I, so, I can't wait, Kevin, for somebody to have the patience, whether it's TNA or WWE, to have someone hold the title for two years. Because I think once well, you get past that 12-month mark, the story of the paper. I absolutely show. agree. Bobby Roode, it's working. It's I know. working. Yep. It works. But it takes but he a year. He holds down and kisses. When he bends over and kisses that belt yep. after he pulls something off, you you know that it's it's a work, but you, you, buy the, you, you buy the emotion of he held on to it again, he held on to it again, and that's... That's the beauty of those, and it, it does. Like who, who, who is gonna? And I, I, I pray it's Phil. You know, I hope it's Phil, and I hope it's Rude. I think both those guys can pull it off because yeah. they both can talk. They both are 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 good enough sized guys with a, They can beat a giant. They can go against the lightweight guys. Both got great work skills. It's just like the mic skills are great. I mean, they they got it. They 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 have, and the people the people seem to to gravitate towards punk, and the people seem to have a dis... You can ignore that, Kev. We only hear that. Okay. Yep. So, um, I thought it was a, a, a demon in my mind or something. <laughs> my, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, right. Good, good. Go to psychologist tomorrow. But uh, for those that are listening, I just said we just got a ninety second, like some like Scandinavian ladies at ninety seconds. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that meant. Sixty <laughs> but, uh, seconds. She, she's doing it again. But uh, anyway, uh, I just think that, the, that that's the key. That the key is to keep it on somebody and make it special. And like you said, it, you know, I think a year is it, the minimum that it makes yeah. it, work, it work, work out. We're about to go to a commercial break. Why listen to commercial breaks when you can go VIP and experience our shows with the ads and plugs removed? PWTorch.com slash go VIP. That's PWTorch.com slash go VIP for full details or... Go to Patreon, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Rates start as low as $4.99 to remove the ads and plugs through Patreon. Full VIP membership starts at $9.99. Treat yourself to a streamlined, ad and plug-free listening experience with a VIP or Patreon membership. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast. Podcast app, and of course, you can listen ad free with a PW Torch VIP membership. Uh, Kevin, can you stick around for a while longer with us? Since uh, we're one hour, the hour flew by, and that's the live window we have, but we can stay on and continue to take calls if you've got time. Yeah, I can take a few more. Okay, cool. So uh, uh, we're going to end the – I'm not going to accept any more phone calls. If you're on hold, we're going to try to get to your call. Um, I can't guarantee it. Also, I have a bunch of email questions, and I've gone through. I've, I've highlighted a few that I definitely want to get to. Um, but we'll see how, how time works out. But uh, for those who are listening to us live, the live window will end very soon. Uh, but you can just uh, listen, to the, uh, uh, listen to the show later on. on uh, Ten seconds. So anyway – Let's, uh, oh, Kevin, uh, before, before I forget and we get too late in the show, do you have anything you want to plug? You mentioned Twitter. Uh, how can people follow you on Twitter? And also mention anything else you got coming up. Yeah, we got the party at Shenanigans uh, Friday. Um, how do people get info on that, you know? Um, or what should they Google? <laughs> I, I guess it's uh, Kevin Nash's, what, what do they call it, that damn thing? Check with Dave Hero. Dave Hero's got all the information. You can go on his uh, his Twitter page. Um, I'll I'll run something tonight on my Twitter page. I'll put all the information on my Twitter page. The real Kevin Nash. Yeah. So I'll I'll do all that because I'm one of those people. I've got so many things going on. That I, if I don't have it in front, I I gotta have a cheat sheet for everything. Yeah. So. Well, it's called. It's you and Sean Waltman are hosting the WrestleMania 28 party at Shenanigans. Yeah, Billy Billy Gunn's going to be there. Rikishi's going to be there. Diamond Dallas Page. 
we got we got a, a a bunch of guys. It's just a chance to you know come out, hang out. Uh, I'm not going to be at Access this year, so if there's somebody that you know my well, my allegiance of, of 11 fans that wants to come see me, uh, I'll be there. <laughs> 7 p.m. to close at Ocean's 10 uh, on Ocean Drive and South Beach in Miami this Friday at Shenanigans. All right. See, that's, I, all I had to do is just give Wade long enough to need he, plug it for me. Google, yeah, you did it. Cool. Um, and what's your Twitter? Did you mention that? I can't. I... It's real Kevin Nash, but I'm not verified because I never am. <laughs> so real Kevin Nash. Yeah, real Kevin Nash. All right, cool. Let's go back to the phone lines. Thanks everybody who's holding on. Eight one two six zero eight seven zero eight are the next three. Eight one two. Please state your name and where you're from. Yes, this is Brandon from Columbus, Indiana. Hey, Brandon. What have you got for Kev? Um, this is Kev something you guys were talking about earlier, about, like, John King and the Rock and the younger guys that are coming up. Um, um, Kevin, do you think the younger guys, um, like, CM Punk and, like, Dolph Ziggler, they've basically also um, stated a lot about, um, they have a lot of animosity about Rock coming back for WrestleMania, how he doesn't do the grind, you know, those 300 days a year like they do. And do you think this justified, even though Rock did it for six, seven years before he went to Hollywood? And um, also, um, yeah, yeah, that's all I got for you. <laughs> Go, Brandon, did you have something else you want to say? I, I, I lost you there. No, no, I mean, I, I was trying to get something else out. I'm not, sure, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that they do have animosity. I'm saying that there's been, you know, rumors that some people have. I mean, I know that Phil... You know, it, it, has, it says some things uh, publicly yeah. uh, that, that I've read, but you know, you got to take you got to take Phil. Like he's almost like, Phil's, Phil's pretty good at this game too. He, he's already. I mean, I was told by someone in WWE uh, a few weeks back. He's already lobbying to try to get a match against Rock. So absolutely, uh, he's no yeah. dummy. He's no dummy. No, kudos. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know if that's the best angle to take, considering that, you know, I think Rock is a little sensitive to the idea of that. What do you, without naming names specifically, because who knows who's playing what angle, but in general, there's, there's a legitimate feeling in WWE's locker room among some people. Jim Ross acknowledged it on the uh, Legends Roundtable, and in, in response to that, Jim Ross simply said, you've got to be kidding me. You know, like, in, in, that, that was an exact quote of what he said to people who were complaining. Uh, what's your, I mean, what's your defense for the idea that Rock should be able to show up, have his own locker room, have a list of things that, you know, have maybe some bodyguards and not work house shows. And why, why is that, why is that defense, why, why should he not have heat for doing that? Because he can. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly why. Because he can. And yeah. the heat is because they can't. Yeah. That's and and as heat. you said earlier, he's not stealing someone's spot. He's in the celebrity spot. On a big Absolutely. show. You could argue at the Survivor Series he took someone's spot in the main event, but the Heat should be on Vince McMahon for booking it, not on well, The Rock. I mean, he, cut, he cut a promo that went over time that cut my promo, which cost me not being on Survivor Series. Ah. I I didn't say anything. All I did was when he got when he was walking out to go to his match, I said, hey, Dwayne, what's up? He said, hey, Kev, how you doing? He says, you going to be here when I get back? I said, yeah. I said, he said, I'd like to talk to you. We talked for five minutes, shook hands, gave each other a little hug, and I mean, it was just you know, that was it. I I, I didn't have any animosity. You know? Yeah. 
Rock was going to sell a, a lot more buy rates on Survivor Series than I was doing a promo. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Very, very good. Um, uh, Brandon, any follow-up? Uh, not really. Thank you. Great. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. All right. Uh, 608, you're up next. And 708 and 814. 608, please state your name and where you're from. This is Troy Dean from Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Troy. How you doing? What have you got for you? Doing yourself. Good. Sorry uh, about your badges. Thing, you know. What, Kev? Uh, <laughs> sir, sir, yeah, sorry no. about your badges, man. That, that's called oh, bad uh, clock management. I would have went into the big man for the two pointer, but that's just me. Yeah, well, I would have drove to the basket, called to foul, went to the free throw line. Yeah. But, yeah, me right. and Nash here are a mutual friend. He's very good friend with Dave Hero. I'm a good friend with Dave Hero. I actually work for Dave Hero um, when he does his events. So, cool. pretty cool. I get a chance to talk to you. <clears throat> um, quick question. How do you feel about what uh, Road Warrior Animal said about Sting not being able to call himself an icon because he's never worked for WWE? You know, there's there's a lot of us that feel that way. That you know that do you really belong in the in, in, in the baseball Hall of Fame of all you play is Japanese baseball? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, at, at the point where WCW was what it was, and he was such a and Steve was such a a big part of making that uh, that that work when he, he changed his gimmick to the black and white. And I mean, he was as, as important you know, without his him being the nemesis for the NWO. That thing wouldn't have worked. Um, he was, you know, he he played at that level. You know, he did. He just didn't. You know, he just never. Yeah. Steve doesn't want to work. Steve, number one, I, I don't think Steve, um, or I guess just to say Sting. Um, I don't think Sting has ever been really crazy in love with wrestling. I think it's something that he got into. Um, he made a bunch of money at it, and he continued to do it. I don't think that – I mean, I just really don't think that there's – I guarantee you that he does not have a Hanson Brody cage match on VHS in his house that he's watched in the last six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> right and and uh, who who has me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I doubt that he was scouting Samoa Joe ROH DVDs. You know, back when he first joined TNA, either, like no. you were. I mean, no. that's a, that's the thing. You know, people. I mean, I, obviously, you've talked about it. You as you, you as you so aptly put it, you're not, you're done raising your leg and marking your territory. And back in the day, you were. And there's a lot of books have been written about it. And uh, certainly, I've written a couple articles about it over the years, but you are at the core a wrestling fan. Whether Absolutely. it is—I mean, to kill time, you will pull out a DVD or watch something on YouTube or whatever. I mean, that's that's something that Sting doesn't do. You can sit down and have a conversation about the history of—I mean, you can sit here on the show and field calls about anything and answer them about you know a lot of wrestling history. So. I mean, it does differentiate you from somebody like Sting, who, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, Sting has shown up for work and done his thing, but you, you judge it on the terms of somebody who didn't have a passion for it 
And I think if he had a passion for it, he would have made more money and contributed more to the wrestling industry. But he's done well for himself, and he did contribute. And you're right. If Japanese baseball for three years outdrew Major League Baseball and had all the, you know, most of the biggest stars, then I'm sorry. You're, you're, and you shattered records during those three years in Japanese baseball besides also playing and having a good career in the years before and after that. I think you're up for Baseball Hall of Fame then. It's just, that's where the analogy kind of breaks apart in that respect. Yeah, and it, you know, it's just he he has he has. I mean, we did Monday night nitros. I mean, we did like thirty thousand people for seven straight Mondays and, and big dome yeah. shows. And I mean, it was <laughs> we drew we drew some houses. Yeah. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s. And also, our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger, longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership, now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years pwtorch.com slash govip. We have a streamlined sign-up form, and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes. From right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. I mean, you know, I, I, do you think knowing, thing that, knowing Steve that he ever, that he looks at his career and says, I wonder what it would have been like you know, to be in WWF for a two- or three-year stint at the very least. Just There just were several a- times I know, you know, and Steve and I are friends. I mean, I yeah. love him to death. And there were a lot of times he came real close because he would ask me, you know, like, how, you know, how's, how's Vince really, you know, you <laughs> spend time with, you know, because, of course, when he's court, you know, when there's a courtship going on, you know, everything's peachy and rosy and, and, and everybody's saying what they, they want to hear. And, you know, and he's asking me, and I said, you know what, I said, Dude, you're a thoroughbred. I said, you're, you'll be treated well. I said, if you want, said, if, you, if it's something you need to do, you know, then do it. But uh, once, I think once he found Christ and found uh, kind of personal serenity, I don't think that if, if there was ever a desire drive to, to make that something that was um, of importance in his life, I don't... I, his his uh, his uh, quest to to find like inner serenity to Christ took care of any of the trivial whether or not I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame because I didn't go to the WWE. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Yep. All right. Very good. Let's go to uh, seven oh eight next, and then eight one four is on deck. Uh, seven oh eight. Thanks for holding. Please state your name and where you're from. Boris from Chicago. Hey, Boris. What do we got for Kevin Nash? How are you doing, Kevin? All right, Boris, your time is up. Thank you. Uh, um, no, go you ahead. Know, you... <laughs> no, I enjoyed you in TNA. I really enjoyed your return to WWE. And how did you like or dislike working with Brett to hit my heart? And if you had one more match, past and present, uh, wrestlers, who would it be? 
Um, absolutely loved working with Bret Hart. Uh, probably on a scale of one to ten, the worst match I ever had with him was probably an eight. Um, he he was always the, the consummate professional. Always gave it everything he had every night. Uh, his work was solid. There were no holes. Um, liked him as a human being. Uh, I think our psychology and the way we looked at the business was 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 as close as probably two guys can can get that were in such different body structures. Um, uh, and as far as if I and I had a dream uh, match, it would be um, WrestleMania me versus Andre. Hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Boris, thanks for the question. Let's uh, let's go to 814, and then the last two calls are uh, 949 and 203. Um, 814, thanks for holding for an hour for us. What's, uh, what's your question for Kevin? Hi, uh, I'm Marcus from Ridgeway, Pennsylvania. I've been uh, a huge fan of yours, Kevin, ever since I was just a little kid. Uh, so I want to thank you for uh, staying on the line to, to field the questions. Um, I just wanted to ask you, earlier you had mentioned uh, that Scott Hall was supposed to go over against uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 18. So I was wondering, if that were to have happened, where would you have liked to have seen the NWO angle go? Well, I mean, to me, uh, I would have liked to have seen it. You know, it's, we, I mean, you can say what you want to, but, I mean, I've got, I, I, I've got you know, some old bra, uh, you know, Raws where, and Joe Louis Arena, we left Stone Cold and The Rock, who were their number one and two baby faces, laying, and there's not a person that's that's not on their feet. Um, I think what happened was, and and, and I, we came in there, and it was it was just still too fresh from, you know, it's like it was the war that it was the Civil War, and we were the Confederate Army, and we were back, and even though that. People were were convinced. I mean, they knew we were working for the WWE. It was still, we were those guys that tried to put them out of business. And I think that Steve walked in there and said, "Let me get this right. These guys were trying to put put us out of business, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put them on a pedestal and make the make our company look any less than it already did. And we beat them in the war. We're gonna we're gonna put them back on top and start this thing again." And I think that Vince looked at that and kind of went, you're right. I'm going to yeah. go with the guys that, that, that got me through the war. And that was the end of that. And it was. And, it, and if, if that's the way it went down, I don't know if that's the way it went down. I have a feeling that's the way it went down. Absolutely no animosity would have, would have made the same remark behind closed doors as, as they did. I would not have wanted to feed that monster again. On top of that, I know for a fact that the NWO shirt was the number one selling shirt. That drove everybody crazy because that was costing people money. Mm-hmm. I know uh, uh, we're, t- we're talking earlier about uh, Punk and, uh, and the comment that you made about him. It was 10 years ago during the NWO angle that you got into it with Rock a little bit on a promo. Um, because he broke from script and called you Big Daddy Bitch on the air. Um, and that wasn't approved ahead of time. And I think your argument at the time, if I remember right, was if, if, I knew, if, I, if that was discussed ahead of time, I would have insisted on charging him having said that. You know, like that's not something you call someone without rea- retaliating. Do, do, do you right. recall that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's just like, I had words with him later on about that. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, it was just one of those things where, like, dude, like, I'll work with you, but don't paint. Like, I'm a man. I'm not some boy. You know, you don't. You don't. Where I come from, you don't. You don't do that. You don't. You don't call. You don't call somebody a bitch unless you you you, you really want. You know, you, you think you can smack me around. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you know, I mean, he had feelings that he he had. He had rain. I mean, he he's one of those guys. I'm not gonna say that Dwayne isn't very easily uh, able to grade on your nerves. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I remember sitting there. We're we're. It's one of me and Steve Austin's favorite stories we tell each other. And we're sitting there, and we've got this tag match. Steve's in the match, and it's me and Scott versus Steve and Rock. And uh, Dwayne's you know in the match, and he turns to me, and he. This matter of fact, and this Yule Brenner turn says, "What one thing? What one thing would you like to get in right there?" And I thought he was ribbing me. <laughs> and I said, "What? God like me? No, what one thing?" And I said, "Well, I'm going to get in more than one thing, right?" <laughs> I said, "I'll call it. I'll call it out there." I'm thinking to myself like. Dude, I've been in the business way longer than you have. I've, I've, I've earned my stripes. Like, you t- tell me what one thing am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to punch you in the temple. <laughs> that's funny. You know, like, God. But yep. that's just, you know, that's just Dwayne. And once you're around him, I remember one time we were out in Be- at Venice, and I had seen him in a couple of years, and he walked into the uh, – Firehouse, and we were sitting at the table. There's a couple of the boys sitting at the table. He walked in and saw us in the mirror, ate at the counter with us in the mirror, got up, left, and never acknowledged us. Uh, what what year was this, roughly? Oh, uh, this was probably maybe Walking Tall, like maybe about three or four okay. f- f- films in. Okay, yeah, so he was in movies yeah. at that point, yeah. Yeah, he was doing movies. He wasn't wrestling anymore, yeah. and... Wow. Uh, it was just one of those things where it was just like, and, you know, and in, in, in his defense, he's out there trying to lose the stigma, and the last thing he wants to do is, you know, probably, hey, brother, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, 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 but at that point, you know, like I said, a 52-year-old man has a completely different perception of that than a 42-year-old man does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not now. It's but I would I would I would you know it, it wouldn't even have registered. I'd have been like, well, obviously he doesn't want to talk to us, and I didn't particularly I didn't get up and go hug him. So what? Yeah. Obviously, I, I could have I could have put my hand out. I could have put the olive leaf out. I didn't do it. So why why am I why am I calling him out? Yeah. <laughs> well, he had he has to come talk to us. Yeah. So right. you know. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Weight Killer Pro Sing Podcast, Weight Killer Pro Sing Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP.
All right, let's, uh, let's jump to uh, 949. Uh, thanks also for holding an hour for us. Uh, please state your name and where you're from. My name is Chango. I'm from Westside, California. What's up, Kevin? What's up, man? You are one of my heroes, not just in wrestling, but also in life, so thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. I have a question in regards to your Twitter account that has a follow-up, actually. I seem to follow it. And um, following your match with Triple H recently, you seem to have made a comment in regards to that might have been your last match. Is that true? Because I think you are doing some matches on Independence recently. I was. I, I knew that I wasn't going to be doing anything else there for quite some time. Okay. Um, so so uh, that was. It was. It was more of a. You know, thanks. I, I wanted to thank Paul for. If you're going to have a match at, at, a, at a WWE pay per view, it can't be much sweeter than having it with your with one of your best friends on the planet. And and right. that's you know. Whether or not I, I mean, like I, like I, when I, if I'm fortunate enough to to shoot a motion picture, the last day on set I, I soak it in because I know that that could be the last time I'm ever on a motion picture again, and that's kind of what that was. That was the the raw motion of a getting through a match that I thought would definitely uh, end, end with surgery thirty one, and two to get through it even though Wade dogged it um it uh it was one of those things where you know it 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 was slow but it was supposed to be slow because he hit me in 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 the knee with a with the ladder and it's just like i think that the storytelling and psychology has been so lost in our business that it's like no the match is too slow and then i watched Kane come back two weeks later and methodically go through like nine people in the course of a month, and I went, nobody's saying he's moving slow. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't take critics too hard because, you know, they're full of shit anyways. So since you are still working, I saw you at the Gathering of the Juggalos some years back, and uh, they were still throwing shit in the ring back then constantly. Um, in the last few years, they seem to have cleaned up their act. They have more respect for the wrestlers and the wrestling show. Would you ever do a show for Juggalo Championship Wrestling again? I, I did this last one. Me and X-Pac wrestled last uh, last year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean they're, De- they're Detroit boys, number one, so it's always hard. And and the clouds have always been cool. I mean, they've always been good to me. So, I mean, yeah, if, I, if I can help them out, I will with them. If I'm not busy, my wife hates that I go out and do it. But, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, let's take our uh, final caller here. Area code 203. Thanks for holding so long. Please state your name and where you're from. Matt from Bridgeport, Connecticut. Hey, Matt. Thanks for calling. What do we got for Kev? Hey, how you doing? Uh, hey, Kev. Well, I was just wondering if you were doing any other wrestling, if you're going to go back to TNA or not. And then the second question is, have you heard from Scott Hahn how he's doing? All right, uh, Matt. Thanks. All right, uh, Matt. Thanks. Okay. Um, okay, Scott. Scott. Uh, I have. I haven't talked to Scott in a little while, but Scott was is in the wellness program. He had a little bit of problem with um, getting meds right. I think he's in a hospital right now down in uh, in Florida, and he's uh, just getting his uh, his meds situated. Um, so, but Scott's. Uh, Scott's still hanging in there. And uh, what was the other question? 
Oh, am I going to be doing any, any work? Is that what you mean? Well, would, you go, would you go back to TNA? In fact, somebody had emailed, and I'm trying to find the email now, but it, I guess that doesn't matter. Um, well, they asked, they asked, they asked me that too. said yeah, about you, Kevin, after you left. I guess he badmouthed you, and I don't even remember it at this point. Um, would that affect your, your decision to want to go back there? Did he badmouth? Everybody badmouths everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, he called me Big Lazy in his book. Um but the thing is, it's just Eric's a, Eric's a dude. You know, Eric's a Detroit guy, and Eric's like me. Eric's opinion, you could you could read an interview on Eric Bischoff three years ago and read one now, and it's completely different. Because yeah. he's he's grown and changed as a man, as we all do. He also re, he's also like I am. He'll fire something off or say something that he wishes 30 seconds later that he probably could take back. But at the same time, he has the effort attitude, well, I already said it, so it's there, so I'll just deal with it. Yeah. So, And I've never I've never not respected Eric because of that, because I do. I mean, Eric was one of those guys that you, we'd be out at, at, at a nitro, and we'd have you, after you, after you, after you, after you, after you, and then he'd walk up to you at the bar and go, so you have to... Hey, hole, you gonna drink one with me or what? You'd be like, yeah, dude, I will. Yeah. So I, I like Eric. I always have liked Eric, you know. So it, it's crazy to watch like Garrett on uh, TNA because, you know, I don't know how many years ago it was. It was probably '97. Um, Lori and, and Eric wanted to go get some dinner, and I took Garrett who was, God, I don't know, he was six years old. I mean, him wouldn't watch Independence Day at a local theater because he didn't oh. have nothing to do. Wow. You know, here it is. I'm watching him on TV. I'm like, wow, man, that's the guy that I took <laughs> to watch Independence <laughs> Day with, like, you know, 20 years ago. So, Why is a six-year-old watching cool. Independence Day? Man, that's... Because I'm taking him. Very, <laughs> <laughs> very very good. Um, Kevin, we're, we're going to wrap up the, uh, the live cast part of the show. Can you stay around for maybe five, ten minutes and take some email questions for the VIP members? Sure. Cool. All right, so I want to do a wrap-up here on the live cast part of the show. And before everybody hangs up, I want to note, and Kevin, you may not – I didn't know this until I just looked. Tomorrow marks the seven-year anniversary of when we did the Torch Talk. That's kind of weird. Wow. Yeah, seven years ago. But I want to plug this because this has been offline. It has been unavailable for, uh, since it was originally published. And uh, because, Kevin, you're joining me, it's the first time that uh, – I guess, or did we do a – we did a second Torch Talk around, uh, around the time. I think it was during Chris Benoit to talk about that. But it's been a while. And so I'm going to put the uh, – this is a 17-installment Torch Talk transcript from over six hours, Kevin, of you and I doing a Torch Talk. And it was all-encompassing. I mean, we covered a lot of territory – I know a lot of the email questions we got today um, that I didn't get to um, were covered in the Torch Talk. And, it, I mean, it's still one of the, if not the favorite Torch Talk for people who have been listening to and reading my Torch Talks for the last uh, close to 25 years now. Uh, Kevin, the one we did is still one of the most talked about and one of the ones people say is their favorite who have read all, most or all of them. So um, that, they have been offline. I'm going to start putting them back online for VIP members over the next several weeks. It's 17 installments, so it's going to take a little, you know, a little bit of time to repost them. Um, but uh, but that, that's one thing I'm going to do starting tonight. I'll put the part one up, and we'll go from there. 
So uh, VIP members who are listening to this, you have that to look forward to. We cover so much territory in that, um, including a lot of controversial subjects. So uh, VIP members will enjoy that. If you're not a VIP member and you want to become a VIP member, you can get the VIP After Show that follows the PW Torch livecast most days along with a new edition of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter every week. And every week we also put up a back issue from five years ago, ten years ago, and twenty years ago. The uh, ten years ago back issue we just put up last night includes details on the first WWF draft and also what Kevin and I just talked about, the behind-the-scenes exchanges with Rock and Kevin Nash regarding some uh, unscripted comments and the backstage reaction and uh, – uh, who you chewed out at SmackDown, Kevin, when you uh, got backstage after the next day uh, reacting to it. So uh, some fun details in those back issues, too. That's a VIP exclusive for uh, subscribers. Ad-free access to the website, VIP form access, VIP blog access, and 25 years' worth of archives that we're adding to all the time, including a ton of Torch Talk transcripts and audio. And as I said, we're going to be adding the Kevin Nash Torch Talk on the 7th anniversary of it, uh, all 17 installments we're going to be putting up on a regular basis over the next several weeks. So to go VIP, go to pwtorch.com slash go VIP. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. It's a great time to join WrestleMania season. We've got our WrestleMania roundtables. One through 12, we did about an hour to an hour and a half on each of the first 12 WrestleManias, Bruce Mitchell, Pat McNeil, and I discussing them in roundtables. Those are uh, in the WrestleMania special section. And, of course, we'll be covering uh, WrestleMania week from Sunday with a, a post-WrestleMania roundtable exclusively for VIP members. So lots of reasons to go VIP. Great time to join for all those reasons and more. All right. Uh, thanks, uh, Kevin Nash, for joining me live on the livecast. It's been a pleasure, and I'm glad you, we got through so many phone calls. Thanks, Rick. All right, cool. And uh, join uh, Bruce Mitchell on Monday. You'll be joined, of course, by Travis Bryant, co-host of East Coast Audio. You can now get the East Coast Audio show in iTunes, by the way. That is a uh, new thing this week. Search East Coast Cast in iTunes. On behalf of Kevin Nash, for uh, our live cast listeners, this is Wade Keller signing off. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. All right, Kevin, thanks for putting up with my uh, plugs there for a minute. And uh, uh, we got some uh, cool emails here. I'm going to begin with the uh, first question here in the VIP After Show. This comes from Michael from the Netherlands. And he says, uh, Scott Hall has said in interviews that he was less than impressed with Hulk Hogan's promos during the early stages of the NWO's existence. Recently, I was re-watching some of these late 96 promos. Hulk does seem very much out of his element, stumbling over his words and rambling without really getting a point across. What mainly caught my interest was Scott at times seemed to openly show annoyance with Hulk 
in one promo during which Hulk is going on about body slamming WCW and how one of you could be Samson and the other Caesar. Yeah, Scott just interrupts him and goes, hey, frankly, I don't give a darn. Apart from making me and you, as the footage shows, laugh, it made me wonder how this made Hulk feel, since he was used to being the top star for such a long time. What was his attitude toward you guys in those early months while he was trying to adjust to his new persona? Thanks for the memories. The NWO is what got me into wrestling, and that era is my favorite time in wrestling until this day. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. <coughs> Go ahead. Um, you know, it's funny because when, when it took a while for us to kind of all, you know, because Scott and I, were, I think, were on, on, on the show for almost 10 weeks before you know, Hulk came back and joined the NWO. So. Yeah. But um, I remember one, it was one of the best quotes Hulk ever said. He says, you, know, he says, you guys got to let me catch my breath. He says, you know, my entire career, he says, I've been, you know, I've been used to, you know, people like sitting underneath the Hogan tree and just wait for golden apple to fall in their hands. He said, I meet you two guys. You come at me with chainsaws. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just like, Whoa. Yeah. And it was, you know, we were, Hey, you know, some of the stuff that was said about it probably was, was, was being kind. I mean, we were jackasses. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think that, I think that the, the angle you know, I think that art imitates life and, and vice versa. And I think that we just, it was so easy to get caught up in all that. And we were, there was a lot, you know, if you think that there was disdain for rock coming back, you talk about us coming coming there. Oof. I mean, they didn't want us in that place at all. And I think everything, you know, that came out of our mouth started with, well, in New York, we used to do it this way. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, so it was this, yeah, I mean, it, it took a while for Hulk, and it, it, it also took a while for Hulk because Hulk had been a heel. You know, that's you know, it's been a long time since he, you know, didn't take a couple of shots, turn around, wave his finger, three punch, send off, boot, leg drop. I mean, that was, so it, it just took a while for for. for for Hulk to find uh, that persona, I thought he, I thought it was great. I thought he did, you know. Did Did he lean on you guys for help, or did he dictate to you guys how to conform to what made him comfortable? I mean, to me, it seemed like because when he turned heel, his babyface character had run out of some steam. It wasn't at a peak, and right. and so when he turned heel, not only was it new territory, but not that he was willing to give up leverage, but he hadn't. He was glomming on to the outsiders it wasn't the outsiders needing some steam by adding hulk yeah i mean i felt though at the same time that he really brought us like that mainstream validity Mm -hmm. you know having you know know, when you like i'll look through pictures that i have and there's a really great picture of the three of us sitting on the on the ring together scott me and Hulk's in between us, and, and and Eric's talking to us, and we're just sitting there, all of us just with our legs dangling off the ring apron, and I'm looking at that, and it's like people that have seen that picture, like it's black and white. It's just, you know, it's it's kind of like, wow, you played with Babe Ruth, uh huh. You know, it is. It's yeah. kind of like that. So I mean, it's. And as as we've gotten older, you know, Terry and I have gotten older, we've always stayed in touch, and, and uh, he's a friend. 
Yeah. You know, he's somebody he's somebody I count on and I think that uh you know he I know I know he counts on me. If he needs something I think he knows what I'd be there for him. Yep. Yeah. But it but it was an adjustment for him and and you guys were on his side trying to help him come along because of who he was. Absolutely. And it and it, it, it was and and uh a guy named Neil Pruitt that made those black and white because it wasn't working out. It was it was oil and, and water and he learned he just took those we would Hulk would ramble and we'd throw in sound bites and he would take it and edit and make it those real cool black and white snippy little things that were our promo packages. Yep. So they they found a way, you know, from from a from an editing standpoint to make something that wasn't working work. Yeah, those are. I mean, when you go back and listen to the old Nitro opening with the buildings exploding and all that, and then the NWO and what you just talked about, those special effects, it just those two things just bring you to a moment in time, and I think those are the the two iconic things that that more than anything. Um, yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, signifies that era. It's it's it's, it's incredible. All right, very cool. I appreciate that question. Uh, the next one is from Greg from Canberra, Australia, a VIP member. He says, uh, "Hello, hey Wade and Big Sexy, um, can you tell us if you were ever meant to be in a match at WrestleMania 18? I always thought it would be Nash versus Austin, but the Hall versus Austin match went." went ahead and left you with nothing, which I thought was odd. I think that they knew that I was, I was like, when we first came back, um, Scott would, showed up at the, at the Staples Center a, a little under the weather, to say the least. Walked up to the Dudleys, said, hey, man, nice to meet you guys. And they were like, hey, nice to meet you. He says, can't wait to kick out of your finish. They looked at him like, what? <laughs> and I think it was one of those deals where they figured we better get one out of Scott because we might only get one out of Scott, which ended up being the case. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you think Austin, speaking of him, is going to have a comeback match? If, what does your gut tell you? I mean, I know you don't have inside info because I don't think Steve knows. but uh, You know, I, I think that uh, – I just don't see it. I just, you know, Steve beat up, and I think we all, you know, I guess it was the right person, and and it was a, but at the same time, you know, it's just just a flat back on a bad neck, and just you land just a little bit wrong, and you know, I I just don't know. I don't know if that's something that Steve. I don't think Steve. I, I, I talk to Steve at least once a week, and yeah. I mean, it's just—I don't think he needs it for any kind of personal closure. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think he needs it. I think there's—he probably has more fears than uh, positive yeah, I think anticipation. There's, yeah, there's more. I think I think for somebody that, that had the career that that Steve had, which is arguably the best, um, I don't see. And the way really, he went out too. Yeah, I don't see that. I mean, really, can you? Does it really matter if you're throwing an inning in an all-star game? 
With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute. You'll get a link and you click on it and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP exclusive podcasts and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership pwtorch.com slash go VIP. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and we think it's worth it. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. And, and to, like, if you look at the possible opponents, you know, CM Punk, possible. Uh, John Cena is certainly intriguing if they could figure out a way to make it mean something and not just feel like, you know, uh, an all-star game that doesn't mean anything you know you'd have to come up with that meaning right. and then austin uh austin rock has been talked about but to me i i don't i, I don't like that as much i think if you're going to do a match with rock have it be with to elevate somebody don't have it be the Absolutely. you know mack and roe connor eight years after they were ever in wimbledon and my whole thing too is i just if, if i don't see him stun somebody, flip them off, and drink beer, I didn't get what I wanted. Yeah. He's one of those guys that he doesn't need to pass the torch. He carried the wagon. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's, no, there's no upside to me seeing Steve get beat. It, it, it would actually kind of, it would, it, it, just the thought right. of it's like, oh. That, that, that's why it has to be like Dolph Ziggler, you know, like, you know, can Austin go in there and have Dolph just because Ziggler's the best bump taker in the business right now? And oh, he's great. I watched him the other night. He just he's and he's he's he, he's special. You I know, agree. He, yeah. he, he he's he got. I mean, sometimes man is just like, wow. You know, it's just like, was Kurt reincarnated? You know? Yeah. Or like or yeah. It, it's Kurt. It's Sean. It's Nick Bockwinkle. It's yeah. Great bump takers of each of these generations and plus as Cena put him over in a Sports Illustrated interview this week and said he's the guy who cracks everybody up backstage and management hasn't figured that out about him yet Um, and I I actually just on a VIP Keller hotline this week compared him backstage and not coming and people not knowing who only see him on the air I compared it to you before you did Jim Ross's radio show in Atlanta because people didn't know what you had in you verbally and the quick wit and the and and the, you know, just everything about your personality didn't come out until you right. kind of just did live radio and kicked back with a headset on. And I'm waiting for that moment for Dolph, although there was one moment, and I can't remember what the one-liner was, but he had this super improv- hilarious improvised one-liner when he was doing color commentary. And I was like, wow, that was so – I mean, it was just – I was laughing out loud at it. It was just, you know, very dry sense of humor type thing that he did. And I thought – He's overly scripted because that was unscripted, and that is the best on-air moment he's had so far as a character. Yeah, like when we did the European trip, like we sat across from each other every, you know, he was my 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 travel mate. You know, he was the yeah. guy that I, I talked to, and yeah, I, I really, you know, of all the young guys, I, I definitely bonded more with 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 Dolph than I did anybody else. 
Yeah. And, I mean, he's a fan of the business. You know, I mean, he's... Yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, I, I think right now, and it's, it's and Vicky's great at what she does. Yeah. But I think that he needs to get away from that. She can help elevate somebody else where I think right now that actually kind of hinders his upward mobility. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I, I think if, if she were... I think they could be paired together forever, but I don't think management, creative, whatever, has uh, that kind of commitment to moving a manager up to that level because Vicky is really good. And I, I agree with you. I think there comes a point where he needs to break free from that. I, well, I don't well, know that Sherry it's been negative Sean. up until now because I don't think – I don't either. Yeah. I don't either, but I think it was Sherry and Sean. I think maybe yeah, you'd have you to, to, to package them in a different way with maybe something else. Yeah. Uh, but I just think that Vicky now could really help like, – she, her expertise, like just her trip the other day, in the match that she was in, uh, in, in the tag match with Kofi and them, and, and just the timing, the precision, the it just like the hand was there, the trip. It was like it was almost like you didn't catch it if you weren't paying attention. <laughs> yep. And it's just like that, and you and people. I don't know if people catch things like that. I do. I'm just like wow, yeah. Like wow, like she, you know, like she, she gets it. Like she yeah. is. It, it's like she's a she's a well-oiled part of that machine. <laughs> but does does Dolph need her more than than somebody else does at this point? Well, I mean, he's a guy you just if you're WWE, you've got to be looking at him as if it's four years from now, and look backwards, going. We don't, want to ha- we don't want to do anything that four years from now we're going to look back and go, that set him back, and we got nothing out of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, next question. This is uh, Marshall from Victorville, California. Uh, I want to take you back a little bit, Kevin. I was at WrestleMania 12 when you went up against Taker. I had no idea at 12 years old that you and Scott Hall were about to leave for WCW. What was it like for you and Scott during that month or two where you were finishing up with WWF or WWE, but so many people knew you were leaving for WCW. Were attitudes towards you different? Was it difficult to be backstage, even at WrestleMania? Thanks for your time. No. I mean, the, we, we, like I had said earlier uh, on, the, on the live, you know, we had spent so much time together with that group of guys, and we were getting guaranteed money, and I think that the guys, you know, they, they hated seeing us leave, but they knew that it was, it was good for us. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that anybody. I don't think you know, with Mark changing. Uh, I mean, not changing, but by Taker staying there in any way or means hurt him or or HVK or anybody else. I think that there was some probably some thin thin years, you know, when WCW took off. As far as it wasn't as lucrative as it, as it could have been, but I think that once they they won the war and they came out of it, and they and they got the IPO and the company took off. That all those guys were were more than compensated for for, for their loyalty, uh, you know. But I just think that it's that group of guys understood that it was a business, yeah. and we we worked hard to make sure that what we did, you know, like if you, if opening that like. It would, it would be amazing. You'd be on a European tour, and like everybody would eat catering, catering together, and then you would like opening match would be going to the ring, and you would have twenty two guys ripping little holes in the curtain. And we watched every match. And if you did somebody's 
finish for a high spot. Like, you went to wrestler's court by the time you were through the curtain. Yeah. You know, it was like we really watched each other. And I remember I was working with Backlund in Sacramento, and Backlund sent me off, you know, gave me a couple of shots of gut and went to send me off and said, Sunset Flip. So I did it, and I came back, and Taylor walked up to me and he says, if I ever see you sunset flip somebody again, I'm hitting the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know, but it was it was. Yep. We were a team. We were really a team, and it was yep. just like, hey, you know, we. Sorry, guys. We just, you know, we're going to do the Kirk flood. Yeah. So. All right, uh, Matt, a VIP member, says uh, my question, Kevin, is about his last run with WWE. When the angle about who texted him began, did it have an ending, or was it more of a We'll cross that bridge when we get there situation. And if that was the case, um, is that why we got a pretty lame Nash texted Nash as a resolution? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'll tell you what, uh, that nobody knows about this entire thing. And I, 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 I never went into it, and, and the WWE never went into it because of the privacy issue. What happened was, um, because of the wellness program, I w- because my dad died of a heart attack at 36 years old. They, you know, do a they do beyond a a thorough physical. Well, my heart and everything else was fine, but I'm on Plavix, and Plavix is a blood platelet agulator. They call it a blood thinner. It's not. It just stops your platelets from sticking together, so you don't get. Um, cardiovascular disease, get uh, blockage in your arteries and, and, and have heart attack. Yeah. And it's also for strokes. And it's very common to be taken with a statin drug if you have anybody in your heredity that, that died before 50, let alone having a father die of a massive uh, coronary yeah. at, uh, at age 36. So I was on Plavix. So this comes through. Well, then when the doctor sees that I'm on Plavix, I can't wrestle. So now I'm supposed to wrestle CM Punk. I can't. They won't medically clear me. Triple H has to take my spot. It screws up the entire angle, and that's how all that came about. Yeah. The WWE would, would never, because the, that's the, the class of the program they are, would never come out and say that. But I need to, you know, to, to make sure that people realize it wasn't creative. It was the fact that a 52-year-old guy was on Plavix, and I had to go off it. Yeah, you know, I had to go off it, and I had to be off it for a certain amount of time before I could come back and work. So that was, you know, and it, it, it just so happened I was finishing the the Soderbergh film, uh, Magic Mike, at the time, and had to go, you know, go shoot that. So it kind of coincided with me kind of going away for a while when I took the shot. Uh, with a sledgehammer in, in Buffalo at Night of Champions and got me, you know, got me away until I could be clear and then I came back and then we went into the the match with, with Paul and I. But at that point, you know, Phil and I kind of missed our opportunity to have that match. Yeah. So that's that's the, that's the, the, the true... Uh, untold story that I give only Wade Keller. <laughs> I, I, pre- I appreciate that. And uh, so do the that, BFM. So that's, that's fascinating. It. That explains a lot. Do you, know where, do you know where the texting angle was going? I mean, it, it's, it's water it, under the bridge it, now. 
Well, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, it's because you know I threw when 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 my blood work came back and threw such a wrench and everything. It was just like it was like, oh my God, how are we going to get out of this? And it ended up, you know, we have to drag drag Paul in it, drag this in it, and this in it, and that into it, and you know, and then it, it, it can he work? Can he not work? Can we still get this match out of him? And it's you know, like I said, and that's where. The, the the dialogue that, that Phil and I were getting was changing, you know, up until showtime. Yeah, it wasn't because creative was was unprepared. It was I I, I kept shuffling the deck. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh we're not we're playing Texas Hold'em. No, we're playing no. Indian poker. You know, I kept throwing these 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 things into it, and and you know completely you know throwing wrenches into what they were trying to get done. And it got to the point where it's just like, you know, it just, you know we, we got that match out of me, and they did it. And it was just kind of like, I think they're just like, maybe we should just, you know, just, cause I, I wanted to be on Plavix, you know. I, I yeah. kind of wanted to be on Plavix. It's like, do I really want to, do I need to not be on Plavix and take a risk of having a heart attack or stroke, or do I want to work, or so... You know that was kind of where, where where this whole situation kind of came to, and uh, you know so that's kind of what uh, wow what transpired. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop. Visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. Did creative tell you, like, every step of what was going to go on so you kind of knew how to play it week by week? Like, did you have kind of the beginning, middle, and end of that whole sequence of the whole storyline that was written out? Or did they kind of, it's a need-to-know basis, and every week you get a new a new layer? I got, I got a call, and they said... Can you can you be in at SummerSlam and can you stick Punk and let Del Rio grab the strap? And I went yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just like yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that was. I mean, I, I, I'm not that dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like wow, like whoa. I'm I, you talking about? disappearing from the rumble and coming back, it was like, and then, you know, I got that second pop when I showed up at SummerSlam and stuck him. It was just like, people were like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah. So, I mean, it was good. It was, I thought it was excellently booked. It was just screwed up by the fact that Nash was on Plavix. So who, who would have been the one that texted if that hadn't come up? Oh, I, it would have been Johnny. It, John, it would have been yeah. Johnny trying to, Johnny was, was going to try to end around and I kind of think they kind of got there, but it was going to be Johnny trying to end around and me, tra- me, me trying to, you know, say that Paul had changed because you know he was a blue blood now and he wouldn't, he wasn't click, he was, he was, you know, in the McMahon threshold and da 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 da. And that was kind of, and we were going to kind of get like a Johnny Ace kind of, you know, click of guys kind of to to try to take over control of the company. And that's when that's when he got fired and. Then we would have went after Paul and tried yeah. to take control of the company, and that would have been, 
you know, good storyline. Yeah. Yep. All right, Todd. So, Todd has a question. Kevin, will we ever see you? Well, we kind of covered this. Will we ever see you in a WWE ring again? Uh, I'm asking this because the second part of the question. Do you think the NWO will be admitted uh, one of these years into the Hall of Fame? And uh, final one, uh, with, when Triple H and Stephanie take over control of WWE, would you ever consider being on the management team? Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, it's I, I love the business, and I love yeah. Stephanie, and I love Paul. I mean, I, I, I enjoy I, – I don't think we're really that far off, any of us creatively. Paul and I are really, you know – from developmental to the way we see the business, the way we see growth, um, I, I think yeah. that you know we 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 we're all on the same page. It would just it would be me making the commitment to to leave the beach and and, and move to you know to Connecticut. That would yeah. be probably the only thing that would uh, would uh, hold things up. But it, I'm at the point now where my son um, is. Uh, sophomore, going to be a junior next year, then a senior, and then from there, it's you know he'll be going off to college, and he's 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 going to be involved, and in, uh, he's got two loves. One is uh, is foreign language, uh, and the other's music. So he wants to probably do something in the field of uh, international studies and, and music. And I mean, there's a lot of great schools. <laughs> you want you want to go to school yeah. someplace, you know. You know, the the Northeast would be the place to go, and we could all kind of, mm-hmm. you know, yep. move up there as a family and and, and do the thing. And, uh, and we're you know we're at a point now where that 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 becomes, you know, something that's a, a reality that can happen. Uh, my wife uh, and I took my son to New York City on his 13th birthday. My my wife fell in love with the city, um, which she never thought she would, and my son loved it. I've always, of course, loved the city, and uh, it just was one of those things where it was just like, wow, so this could maybe someday, you know, actually come to fruition, so. I'd love to live uh, in New York City for a year. I mean, I don't I don't know how if it'll ever be practical, but um, yeah, even just, one year, I would love to just have that as an experience in my life. I, th- I, I, I think it's every guy's dream, I think, that, that to have that loft and just to, to go down and, and not have a car and take the yep. subway and walk, just be that New Yorker, you know? Yep. I have, I have some neighbors in their, you know, in their around 60-ish, and they went to France for uh, a couple years, and they got back, and they were just like, and I mean, it's not, France and New York, they're different, but they're, the thing they brought back with them was, it's, it was so nice in France, you didn't need a car, everything was walking distance, great restaurants, you, you're just, your neighborhood is an extension of your house, and Absolutely. New York City has that along with, minus the French people, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> minus that hot dog smell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, speaking of which, um, how, uh, this this comes from Rick from Austin, Texas. How did you feel winning the WWF Championship at Madison Square Garden in New York City in 1994? Did it change your outlook of your future as a pro wrestler? Completely. Um, I've always been a very goal oriented person. I set goals for myself, and that's when when I achieve that goal, I set another. That's always been kind of what what was my driving force in life. And I always wanted to be a champion. And when I got the IC, I was like, wow, you know. And I, then the next thing you know, it's like before I can even take a breath, they're putting the world strap on me. And I probably even ha- haven't had 300 matches. And it was just like, by the time that it sunk in, it was just like, now what's my goal? 
what, what, what do I have? I'm kind of a, I'm the WWF champion. I'm at the top of the mountain. What, what do I do now? Yep. And it was psychologically, I think it affected me for a lot of years. And then wow. it, it became a, 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 a thing where it was just like, now I just want to be known as, as a decent hand. I want, to be, I want the boys to appreciate my, my work ethic and, and, you know, that I, that I can go. Yeah. Yep. So that was kind of, you know, and then, you know, I got to WCW and then, the, you know, work rate wasn't that important. It was more about having fun and having a party and telling a story. And I was good at doing that too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's a new year, so why not treat yourself to a PW Torch VIP membership and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed and a ton of VIP exclusive audio shows such as the new Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE series that I record throughout the week dedicated to a focused look at WWE news and a focused look at AEW News, along with commentary, analysis, and Q&A with VIP member listeners. Plus our post-pay-per-view, VIP-exclusive roundtables, and so much more. Plus over 35 years of archives of podcasts, radio shows, newsletters, articles. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. Tells you all about membership. So why not make 2022 the year that you enjoy all the benefits that come with a PW Torch VIP membership? Well, I want to end with just your thoughts on the, uh, on, on the uh, Rock-John Cena situation. We kind of touched on it from various angles briefly, but the hype for this match, just kind of stepping back for a second here and looking at the, what it means and how they framed it, do you think that it has helped? This is the first three-part question. Has, it, has this, the last few months, and really the last year, helped John Cena? Has it helped The Rock... And do you think the approach that they've taken the last month or so has been one of the better ways you think they could have promoted the match to maximize WrestleMania's buy rate? Or do you, do you look at it as flawed? Guys, you know, it's, it's one of those things when you take, when you take those, those puzzles, you take, you take the, the, the piece of, uh, let's say the pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. You take WrestleMania, you take John Cena, and you take rock and you scramble them together and you say, what's the best way? There are so many options. You probably sit for 12 hours and come up with, with 55 scenarios of six weeks, eight weeks in, and then finishes and everything else. You know, if you were just to take you and I and put us on, the, on, on an island and say, mess with this and come up with 50 scenarios, we could very easily. You know, it's so I, I can't second guess what they've done because it's been. The, yeah. guy, the one question the guy said to me today that 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 tells me that they did a great job was, what's the finish of Cedar Rock? I have no idea. Which means if you're a wrestling fan and you want to see that. I mean, I, I can't think of a time besides maybe Tyson fighting uh, Lewis that there's really something I really want to see the outcome of. See, what, what I worry, because I agree with what you said. What I worry about, though, is is the audience that understands why that question 
is so intriguing. Bigger than the kids who are kind of turned off by mommy and daddy fighting, by Cena and Rock tearing each other down, by seeing a side of Cena that is kind of embracing the hate, as Kane wanted him to do, and watching Cena show an attitude. I mean, it's like, to, I, it's like tuning into Blue's Clues. I have a son who watches it all the time now, so I always make Blue's Clues references now, as VIP members know. But it's like tuning into Blue's Clues and having Steve all of a sudden be snarky and have an attitude and smirk and be a smartass and get edgy. It's like Cena's fans, whether it's the women or the, or the kids, and, quote, the families who watched it together, I think it's been a little disconcerting to them, and I wonder if that isn't taking away from... To me, there's two ways to promote it, and one you can't do. Make Cena the babyface or Rock the babyface. And if you're not turning Cena heel, you can't. But the other one is build them both up. Match of the century. But I think one of the... You know, when I go back and forth on this, that's an intriguing question, but I just think to a degree... Cena has torn down Rock. They don't talk about him as a billion-dollar movie star on air. They talk about him as the guy who's coming back to steal someone's spot, who's got, you know, who's, who's Mr. Hollywood. And Rock is talking about, you know, has torn down Cena, even going back to a year ago. I question whether that was even a good approach, much less the best approach, even though for people like us and our friends, it is really intriguing. But it's the political aspect of it that's intriguing. Uh, but I wonder how much of it's live TV and they're doing what they want to do. Yeah, but, but in the end, the animosity that they feel towards one another, which is legit, they're not best friends, and we kind of got into, you know, rock is rock yeah. and Cena Cena. But I, I think they should have worked harder to, to avoid that. I mean, there's people who didn't get along who acted like best friends for the sake of Johnny Carson did it with a lot of his guests. You would have thought Johnny Carson went out for drinks with all his guests. But, yeah. you know, you know but, so, but he hated some of them, you know, or they hated him. But, you know, you do it for, you do it for telling the story. And yeah. I don't know, that, that's... I'm, I'm intrigued to ask you, because I, I wonder when you step back and look at it at that level, is it going to be the 1.4 million or 1.2 million buys it could have been, or are they going to teeter at one, because it just feels like mommy and daddy are fighting, you know, two friends are fighting. Yeah, I, I, you know what, it's, it's just that it's such a big match, and it does feel real, and it feels like there's animosity. Yeah. Uh, and I think that no matter what, John has been so crystal clear to that white hat line that he can, he, he can come out and cut a 15-minute promo scene. Even I can can let can let that bully in, can let that hate, can let that enter in my body. I'm yeah. susceptible to it. I apologize. I'm sorry, and actually make it a, almost a wow. Even John Cena has fallen. And, and that's what I, when I say, is John Cena better off because of this? I wonder if winning over crowds by standing up to The Rock, even if he tore Rock down, even if it hurts Mania a little bit, and I don't know if it will or not. I'm just, you know, I'm talking. I'm just thinking out loud. But coming out of Mania, everyone says, what do they do next? It's such a letdown. Yeah. Undertaker's yeah. gone. Triple H is likely gone. Shawn Michaels is for sure gone. Um, and obviously The Rock is gone. What are they left with? And a big part of what they're left with is John Cena post-Rock. And I wonder if this didn't bring something out in Cena, sort of like when Edge cut a promo on Matt Hardy about the whole Lita thing. You know, shut up already. You know, yes, I did something wrong, but God, shut up about it. You know, and, and it brought Edge to a new level. And there's been other instances of that over the years. I wonder if this will bring Cena's promos up to another level, if he'll relate on a level that maybe will start to appeal to the audience that felt WWE wasn't cool enough to follow. I, th I think he will because I think they're pulling that PG rug out a little bit yeah. and letting 
be people. And I got to get off this phone because I'm getting I'm getting hate mail from my wife because I'm going to be missing dinner. Well, very good. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time and I appreciate all the VFM members joining us. And heck, it's, it's always a blast, Kev. I appreciate your time so much. Thanks, Wade. Take care, buddy. You bet. Take care. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. So far in 2022, I am down about 10 pounds, and one of the things that's helped me stay on course, eating the proper portions, high-quality ingredients, and healthy meals, but conveniently within my busy schedule, has been Factor. We've been talking about Factor here for a few months, and I am a believer. Um, their, their meals are delicious. Every week, I look forward to picking out the, the meals that I'm going to have delivered. I, I've been sharing some of them with my mom. Um, who has a little bit different uh, preferences than I do, and there's a wide enough selection to satisfy my family and her. Factor makes it easy for me and my family to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Factor saves me time by delivering chef-crafted meals to my doorstep, eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and meal prep, not to mention cleanup. There's no dishes to wash. This works perfectly. There's been a few times before Raw or SmackDown where I've been working all afternoon and I've got a real small window for dinner, and I'm so happy those Factor meals are in the fridge because I know in three minutes I'm sitting down and eating a restaurant delivery quality meal that feels like it was chef-crafted and chef-prepared. But you heat them up in two minutes, and you're sitting down and enjoying your meal within three minutes. It's faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff, so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. I'm big on eating whole food ingredients. I don't like processed food. I try to really limit 
uh, processed white flour, and empty calories. And there's just not empty calories in these factor meals, but they're full of flavor, a mix of vegetables, whole grains, and a ton of protein and good carbs. I find myself not wanting to add salt or sauce or anything to these meals. I add a little pepper uh, to some of them, but others are, are just the right amount of spice. And with more than 29 meal options each week, you're never going to be bored. There's a rotation of meals. I have what I think are my favorites with Factor, and then the next week there'll be a new meal, and I'll try that, and it gets added to my list of meals that I think Factor's done a great job on. They offer vegan and veggie meals, keto meals, low-calorie options, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein options, veggie sides, and more. And it's been keeping me fueled and focused all day long. I've been doing more exercising since the beginning of the year. And Factor gives me the energy to keep going. So head to go.factor75.com slash Wade120 and use code Wade120 to get $120 off. That's code Wade120. That's Wade120 at go.factor75.com slash Wade120. Again, that's go.factor75.com slash Wade120 for 120 off. One benefit of VIP membership is access to our back issue library, contemporaneous, in-depth, insider reporting on pro wrestling in real time over the past 30 plus years. And throughout the year 2022, we're going to begin our march through the year 2002 with back issues posted each week in PDF and all text formats. You can read it in a PDF format with our original magazine slash newsletter style layout on your screen and flip through the pages, or you can read a straightforward all text format on your phone or tablet or laptop. The back issues early in 2002 covered the arrival of Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan to WWE and all the controversy that came with them. Plus my cover story that broke the news on the planned launch by Jerry and Jeff Jarrett of a promotion called TNA. Also, the early 2002 features are 2001 year in review features, including ranking pro wrestling's most influential power brokers and our Torch year end awards, the year in quotes, and the top 50 stories ranked in order from the year 2001. So go VIP and dive into our back issues. We have most of our back issues available as soon as you sign up with new back issues week by week from the year 2002 one at a time throughout the year 2022. pwtorch.com slash go VIP pwtorch.com slash go VIP. That's pwtorch.com slash go VIP for full information and our sign-up form. It's more than podcasts. It's an unmatched library of wrestling history spanning more than three decades as soon as you sign up with more issues added throughout the year. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. 
When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast app. And of course, you can listen ad-free with a PW Torch VIP membership. Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at PWTorchDailyCast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts. I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast apps to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small. So if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. Also, welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at PWTorch and follow me at The Wade Keller. That's at PWTorch and at The Wade Keller.
a lot of you listen to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows who haven't watched the TV show we're talking about. A good way to catch up on what happened on the TV show is with my VIP-exclusive Wade Keller hotlines that follow Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. In fact, as soon as I wrap up recording the post shows with live callers and my co-hosts and our on-site correspondents, I send that off to the producer, and then I record the Wade Keller hotline, running down Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown start to finish. And it's not only a full rundown, a thorough rundown of what happened on the TV show, but also my analysis of the key segments and matches throughout the show, including opinions that I don't express on the post show. So as a VIP member, you can listen to that hotline first, which runs 20 to 40 minutes, and then jump into the post show with full knowledge of what happened on the TV show. That's just one benefit of being a VIP member. Another benefit is when you listen to the post show, the ads and plugs will be removed. So change up the way that you listen to our coverage of Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown by starting with a VIP Wade Keller hotline and then flowing into the Wade Keller post shows throughout the week. Go VIP pwtorch.com slash go vip pwtorch.com slash go vip rates start at nine dollars and 99 cents a month or get a full year for just 99 dollars. you can also get the weight color hotline through our patreon tier that's just six dollars and 99 cents a month details on that are at patreon.com slash pwtorch vip